offended by such usage. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. And it's Thursday, June 2nd, 2011. Time to get Nation Media Assassination, Episode 309er. This is No Agenda. Finding new uses for my cucumbers here at the Hilltop Watchtower, Crackpot Command Center, Gimmo Nation West, the People's Republic of Southern California. Yay. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I had something clever to say, wrote it down, and then lost it. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. In the morning to you, John. In the morning to you, Adam Curry, and all ships at sea and feet in the air. And congratulations, Opa. You've uh, contributed have, to a brand new human resource. You're rich. $9.1 million in the family. We have another $9.1 million uh, member of the uh, extended household. <laughs> That's so nice. Eric DeShill, and you can congratulate him, uh, people there in the chat room. I had a... Uh, a French kid, somehow. I don't know how he managed this. <laughs> Henri. Henri Le Chill. Henri. Henri Le Chill. Mimi must calling be... calling Henry, but it's spelled Henri. Henri. Mimi must be beside herself. She must be so happy. Doesn't she like, you know, like oh, yeah. little She's goats? She's thrilled. And... Doesn't she like... <laughs> Gives her more than... Doesn't she more like... No, doesn't she like little go- goats? Goats and lambs and stuff and chickens, isn't she? We don't that? have goats. We, uh, you know, goats <laughs> has been on the agenda. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's been... Uh, it just has not happened. Because I think you need to wall them in because they jump. I've had goats. They're, next th- thing you know, you got goats all over the neighborhood. Goats are silly pets. They're not very fun. Goats are great. They eat everything. No, it's, they're they not keep a great. Lawn you, trim. you can't pet them because they run away. You can't ride them. Can't ride <laughs> Trust them. me, I've tried. I tried to ride my goat. And if you bend over, they give you one right in the butt. <laughs> Big Boom. time. And it over hurts. You go. And it hurts, too. <laughs> ah, Johnny boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's nice. That's uh, We're very happy for you. There's nothing like the joy of a new child. And I bet you're so happy you're... Hundreds of miles away. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> avoiding the fronts. You got to go up, though, man. You got to go up. You got to see the kid. When are you going to go? I'm going shortly. Yeah, today, aren't you? You're leaving today. I know you are. I'm reminded, you know, this. The, I, I think I was suggesting this, but I, no one wants to listen to me. But there, I do have a clue about this. <laughs> By the way, yeah, that's right. No one wants to listen to you. End of story. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> So um, you got a clip about goats or kids? Which one? About kids. Now these people. There's a story that ran. Uh, it's been running here and there, but it's about the genderless child. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this family decides they just have a baby, and yeah. so they decide to make it genderless. Mm. So, I mean, this is the stupidest story, by the way. I think uh, I've I've collected for a long time. Um, Let's see. Well, there it is. Should I play it? ABC News. Yeah. Is on, it was on ABC Network News. And it was a big re- Breaking story. Big re- I'm going to set this up. <laughs> yeah, okay. Before we go on with anything else. But anyway, it was on, uh, it was on ABC Network News. And, it, and it's, it starts off with this stupid story. Then it continues on with a, with, a, with a story about a YouTube video. This is what Network News has come, come become. <laughs> looking for y- cute YouTube videos. Anyway, so this, this couple, and apparently this has happened before. It's a fairly long report, but very funny. It, 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 there's, there's aspects of it being completely ludicrous because... They, you know, somebody, some expert comes and says, well, the, the, the child may have gender identity issues if this continues. And it, it's like a baby. Uh, let me listen you know? to the clip. Uh, enough yeah, set up. 
Muslims. We're going to turn now to a controversial decision by a mother and father to allow their baby to choose his or her own identity. The couple won't say whether their new child is a boy or a girl, and they say with good reason, but so many others are not convinced of this. And here's Lindsay Davis. A blonde-haired, blue-eyed, five-month-old baby named Storm. We know all the basics about this baby, except whether it's a boy or a girl. The Canadian couple decided not to share Storm's sex because they want to allow the baby to develop without the constraints of gender stereotypes. It's being kept so under wraps, not even the grandparents know if they have a granddaughter or grandson. And ever since they said the gender of their baby is none of the world's business, suddenly the world not only wants to know, but feels entitled to criticize their parenting style. I think it causes a lot of confusion, don't you think, for the child? Baby Storm has caused a blizzard of criticism on the internet, where (laughs) bloggers are saying things like, our kids are now science experiments? Sad. And another example of where the world is heading, absolute stupidity. But Kathy Witterick, Storm's mother, is defending their decision to keep the baby's private parts private. In a letter to ABC News, she said the strong, lightning-fast, vitriolic response was a shock and that Storm will need to understand his, her own sex and gender to navigate this world. The outcry has confirmed it. Cheryl Killo Davis experienced a similar backlash earlier this year after allowing her five-year-old son to dress up as a princess for a preschool Halloween party. But the big difference in that case, her son made the decision. Storm didn't choose to be genderless. The parents are making huge decisions for this child that can cause it to be ostracized, that can cause it to feel humiliated, to cause it to feel a lot of doubt and uncertainty about who it is. This concept dates back to the 70s when X, a fabulous child story, appeared in Ms. Magazine. It's a fictional story about a baby who's raised not as a girl or boy, but as an X. The parents decide not to tell anyone whether X is a boy or girl. Sound familiar? And Lindsay, who's been covering the story, is with us now. And you were telling me earlier that this is not the first couple to have done this. There's actually a couple in Sweden who two years ago got a lot of publicity for the same thing with a child named Pop. And it's basically the same premise where they don't want society to assign the gender. They want their child to have the freedom to choose. And it's a couple years later. Do we know yet? We still don't know what Pop's gender is. All right. It is provocative. Lindsay Davis, thanks so much. And when we... You know, this is an agenda, John. And, uh, and I've been seeing this go... It's, it's, this is two things. One, this, of course, is what the uh, the New World Order elites really want us all to do, just to be uh, mindless, genderless uh, human resources. Um, and That's just three things, actually. It's a fractal from the 70s story. <laughs> but more importantly, it's promotion for Lady Gaga's album, Born This Way. That's what this story is about. <laughs> it's, a, it's a promotion for an I, album. I like that connection. <laughs> it's a promotion for an album. Yeah, well, that's what she's all about. She's the same way, like the genderless... Uh, yeah, she has these these kind of mutants yeah. dancers. You can't tell if they're men or women or what. Yeah. and uh, I can't believe well, we opened the show with that. That's that's we've an, an all-new low. Well, you brought it up by bringing up the baby. <laughs> an all-new low. Let me, I, there's a couple of little things, subtle things actually more subtle than the Lady Gaga observation, which I, I, I'm not going to argue against. I think you, you may have stumbled onto something. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, it, it, for one thing, the arrogance of the parents, because it goes, the, the relationships in, with all their friends goes like this. Oh, you had a new baby. Is it a boy or a girl? None of your business. I <laughs> but mean, I, don't, kind of, I don't know which candies to put on the rusks, whether it should be pink or blue. And you have the rusk issue. <laughs> yeah. And uh, 
Also, that during the story, they they had these people. They had these quotes that they read. These were like quotes from Twitter. When does network yeah, yeah, news? I know, I know. I, it, it, they've been they've been reading hashtags. I, I'm surprised yeah. she didn't say hashtag sad uh, it, because it's complete. Well, Twitter dominated the news. The biggest distraction of the week. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. Let me. I just want to make a couple more last observations on this uh, on this particular story. One, the dad is never shown or mentioned. Mm. And it, whether he is into this or not, I don't know. But the woman is very, uh, let's say, uh, diesel dikey mm. and mm. Uh, the mom. Mm-hmm. And uh, I suspect that it's her idea. But whatever the case, the story is just like an eye roller. And then the, the analysis of it says, oh, the kid could have all kinds of, you know, the kid in Sweden is two years old. He's still two or she is still two. I mean, you're not going to have. It's not if the kid is 13 and this is still going on. Then I'd say, yeah, well, maybe you should address it. But it doesn't. What difference does it make? A boy, girl at the age, you know, they, it's only a convenience at that point, you know, to know so you can give them the, you know, just say they're a boy or dress them in blue or pink or who knows, who cares? Hey, Opa, I think the story's overblown, but <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. It's a <laughs> it's a promotion for Lady Gaga. It's nothing else. The whole androgyny thing. It's blatant. And so anyway, yes, the number one story, and <sighs> obviously going to have to talk about it. We can talk about it before, after mentioning the executive producers. I might want to get that out of the way first, because okay, um, let's do let's do Wiener first, and that because the producers uh, is like I don't want anyone feeling like they're responsible uh, <laughs> for for this. Now, um, of course, if if you watch the news or what is called the news. And and there's a couple of observations to be made about this. Uh, first, so we're talking about uh, Anthony Weiner. Now we uh, we talked about this early on Sunday, uh, as this was just coming, and we, and we were already laughing about it then. And I really didn't expect it to get any play because Anthony Weiner's a Democrat. Uh, he's Chuck Schumer's boy, but I think that there there's a subtext going on here. And if you and of course most people will have seen by now if you watch noagendanewsnetwork.com or if you watch some of the mainstream news then you probably saw uh the CNN uh pieces CNN seemed to be over this the most um where you know Anthony Weiner uh, is basically getting into a big huff with uh, the CNN reporter and uh, he calls the producer a jackass and like oh and they play these endless endless clips I mean I'm talking like four or five minutes of this stuff and they literally set it up with Wolf Blitzer literally setting it up with this is long but it's really interesting and then Anderson oh, that's bad yeah Anderson Vanderbilt <laughs> you should never do that no. as bad as like I got a joke that's hilarious you're gonna laugh when you hear this one yeah exactly it's never funny and then Anderson Vanderbilt 360 who by the way you know it's like he's so he is so actually horny about this you can just see it his whole show was about this this penis picture <laughs> His whole show, I, I swear. And, well, you know, and where's keeping him honest, uh, Anderson? He's always like, we're keeping him honest, but no hard-hitting questions here. So, um, but here's... I, you know what You know what I have not seen? What? I have not seen the... Uh, I, I know it's coming. As soon as I suggest it, somebody will probably go out and do it. Uh, I know that when George Bush had uh, he was doing the debates and he had this thing in his back, <laughs> yeah, the, the, and then the they receiver. would start. You do photo enhancement using various <laughs> filters. You could bring out the details. Yeah, we. Should, hey, how come no one's done that in Photoshop? Where's the details yeah, yeah, on, yeah, this yeah. Thing, <laughs> on this monster, <laughs> this this gnocca, which is Swahili for snake. Okay, so he, so I, of course we don't want to replay any of this stuff because it's 
I'll just give you my quick. I have. I do want to play. No, I got one thing I want to play, but we'll do yours first. Just let me say this. After analyzing everything and after Wiener came out yesterday with a whole new strategy and now he can't say with certitude. What a great word, by the way. I mean, of all the words, cert, I can't I can't say with certitude that it is my uh my 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 uh, picture this of me. The, this, I don't know what the deal is with. I, it's I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you what happened. It, it, it's it's a picture. It was on his BlackBerry, and he made a mistake. But instead of being a man and just owning up to it, he may not have. It doesn't matter who he sent it to. Whatever. But the fact is, he lied. And then he's he's backpedaling. And of course, our great technology press looking at you, John. You know, if if everyone is saying, "Oh, we got hacked," Twitter, hey, oh, got hacked. Where's the technology press on the hackability of Twitter? No one's talking about that. Where's our great news organization seeing if Twitter is hackable? Because, gee, if if we all accept that Anthony Weiner's Twitter account was hacked, well, listen, douchebag Andy Carvin, maybe all those tweets you're passing on to our national treasure are hacked as well and aren't actually from people on the ground in the Arab Spring. I don't think the, the technology person can be blamed for anything because everybody knows that you can get somebody's password by, you know, various methodologies. It's not that big of a deal. It's not. It, it's, it wasn't technically hacked. Well, we. Somebody, this, but, but the word hacked is continuously used. Well, actually, in the clip I have here, you might want to play, which is Wiener trying to beg off. He kind of discusses the word hacked. In the Wiener versus Brett Bear, which is a one of the interviews that was clipped a lot. This is the whole interview, which is still clipped, but it's 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 longer. Yeah, we're not going to play. We're not going to play all four minutes of this. Are you out of your mind? No, just play what you can until you get sick of it. We're concerned. Wait, about wait, wait! Stop. So I want people to pay attention to one thing because we're dealing with a major news network. What, what's their name? Fox, right? Yeah. Listen to the sound on on that. Nobody mic'd Bear. You know, this is interesting because CNN in the beginning had a problem and had Mike Weiner. That's very interesting. I noticed this. You know, this is the low budget kind of quality we now get on the networks. Yeah. And when and when we clip it, it sounds even worse, people. So could you please get it together so that we can have quality on our show? We're concerned about saying anything definitively. You know, pictures get manipulated. Pictures get dropped into accounts. And so we've asked an Internet security firm and a law firm to take a hard look at this and try to come up with a conclusion. Hard look! Hard look! <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's completely moved this to... Well, people always make jokes about Wiener. I've grown up with Wiener jokes. About what happened and how we make sure it doesn't happen again. Is there a picture out there of you in your... Well, wars that you are worried about that you can't defend. You know, say that it's not you. You know, we're we're here. We've been sitting down for a brief moment. You're already asking if there are pictures of me in my drawers. I mean, look, I, I, I want you invited us here. Well, in fairness, you asked to interview me, and I'm doing the interview. You invited all of the the networks here to, I assume, clear up what was a very vague and evasive and combative uh, well, well, meeting in, with reporters yesterday. In, 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 in fairness, I answered questions about this on Saturday. I answered. Oh, please! I I can't listen to this i've heard all of this a million times it's you all they're heard it, but our listeners may not are you kidding have. me what are they living under a rock everyone's heard this okay so here's the one that you want to play then <sighs> o'reilly oh really go just let me could you want you want you want me to just stop talking no 
I don't have a lot of other clips. I know. That's what's so sad. I've got tons of other stuff because I was not being distracted by this. I was distracted, but I was mostly distracted. <laughs> you were, wow, that's some big uh, penis. I'm distracted. I don't know what to what, do. It, I don't see whether it was big. I, all I saw was just like, I don't know what. That's why I would like to see some enhancement. I don't see a penis in there, just a lump. Could have been a John, sock. John, John, you want to see some enhancement? Really? Are you okay? No, not Are really. You feeling no, you're right. right. I'm not. I don't really want to. But right. I would think that somebody would do because I have that. something that's actually interesting about this. But we'll play your O'Reilly clip. Is this another uh, wiener? Is another no, penis? No, don't pun? play the O'Reilly clip. No, go ahead. Take, no, take I'm going to play the O'Reilly clip. Oh, is not O'Reilly. replicated with other members no, wait, of Congress, stop, including stop. this. That that needs to be set up. So just go on with whatever you got. All right. So there is a throwback in all of this. There was a movie, uh, and I can't, and I was hoping you might be able to remember it. There was a movie in maybe it was the late seventies, and there's this uh, uh, a woman. She uh, she gets into big trouble. She's a government official, and she's lying about what happened. And it turns out at the end of the movie, after all of you know Congress and everyone signs off on it's okay. You can tell us who. You know who blew the whistle on you? We won't. Uh, you know we, we won't uh, uh, pr- uh, prosecute this person. It turns out it was her six-year-old daughter. What was the name of that movie? I never heard of such a movie. Oh, I, see, I, this I can't come up with it. So well, somebody in the chat room will know. So there was a pretty valid thought out there that maybe he was uh, covering. The six-year-old up. daughter took the picture. Maybe he was covering. No, that maybe someone he was covering for someone who did this. They didn't want to get them involved, which I think is pretty valid. And Wolf Blitzer, of all people in the world, actually asked, "Are you protecting someone?" His answer was interesting, but more interesting is he was protecting little Anthony. <laughs> this is a big federal issue. Are you protecting anyone? Yes. Who? So who is it? Now, this is where it gets interesting. Protecting my wife, who every day is waking up to these insane stories. So last night, as I was scanning the airwaves, this story had been edited from its original version. So he talks about, you know, I'm protecting my wife. It's really horrible. But what I have here is the unedited version. Do you know who Anthony Weiner's wife is? Who? That are getting so far from reality. You know, we've been married less than a year. Um, to watch her watch these stories gets crazier and crazier about what is essentially a prank, a hoax. You know, we knew we went to bed that night not batting an eye. This, this was a goofy thing that happened. She married a congressman. Okay, she knows a little something about living in public life. She knows with that goes a certain amount of, you know, aggravation. I don't think she imagined that it would be this. These bizarre stories about people who are connected to me by eight or nine rings of connection uh, on on social media. I'm protecting her the best I can. Um, I can handle myself. These poor people who are getting dragged into this with these more and more bizarre conspiracy theories. So here's where the edit occurred on the the new CNN stories. Here's the original. When CNN puts this Breitbart guy on and says the most outlandish thing about complete innocent people. Um, You know, I can take the flack, but... At some point when I say, you know what, I'm not going to do any more questions about that. It is to some degree to protect a certain amount of integrity to all of us. That we aren't in this place that we're constantly having this conversation about something that was essentially a prank. I know your wife, Huma. She's a, she's a great lady. She and, and, you're, and you're a very lucky guy to be married sure to her. Am. She works for the Secretary of State, has for a long time. Uh, how is she handling all this? 
Well, she's bemused. You know, she's got some experience, and she's not a public person, as you know. I mean, she went the entire campaign in 2008 with probably most Americans not knowing that she was the traveling chief of staff to, to, to Hillary Clinton. Uh-huh. Now, why did they cut that out on CNN? Why did they play five minutes of bullshit, I'm sorry, excuse me, BS story, and cut out the part where she is currently still working for the Secretary of State, was her chief of staff while she was traveling during the, during the presidential elections. I think it puts a an angle on this that no one's looked at. What's the angle, though? Techno experts. Techno, techno experts. Oh, yeah. All right, you got me on that techno, one. That's a good one. Techno experts. Yeah, yeah, we need to keep that clip handy. Hillary Clinton's got her techno experts. And uh, as Anthony Weiner himself said, you know, I tweet myself, but... You know, sometimes we hire a firm to do mass emails and then they may do. So his password is out there. OK, this is no hack. His password is out there. Many people have it. Hillary Clinton State Department. She has techno experts. They know how to do this stuff. So maybe it was an inside prank. Like, let's mess with the boss or let's mess with someone else. Because, you know, the reason this this was edited out of the all subsequent airings of this is because Clinton's called the Clinton called up and said, hey. I don't want to be any part of this. Bill Clinton, by the way, presided over their wedding. Uh, Anthony Weiner and uh, and his uh, and his wife. Well, let's put it this way: he's got his tit in a ringer. <laughs> Ooh, everybody! Hot pockets. All right, let's thank some people uh, who are, are probably going to be very embarrassed uh, to be producers of this show. <laughs> At least the opening Not part. Not necessarily. You're right. We got some good stuff coming up. Um. Yeah, we got uh, two executive producers and two associate executive producers for today's show. And actually, curiously, and what's weird is that these two uh, execs, executive producers, are both members of the 309 Club. And, and the curious part is is that they the, the, those donations came in almost simultaneously. You know, it's nice that people are back on the club numbers because we hadn't had that for a while. And remember, well, 309 is a good number. Yeah, we have 333 coming up, everybody. 309er club, uh, I might point out. So we have Sir Jordi Ramirez from Cancun. Yo. Um, living the life of Riley. Uh, hi again from Nit- Gitmo Nation Taco. The donation's in commemoration of his 35th birthday. And he needs a ring size change to 9.5. Is that big? Uh, well, I don't, you know, that's a funny thing. I see all these ring sizes and I don't. I think that's I Anthony know. Weiner's size, isn't it? <laughs> oh. oh. Sander, uh, Sander, Sir, 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 Sander, Sir, Sander, Sir, Sander, Huxbergen, yes, Huxbergen, yeah, uh, 309, member 309 club, just support the fantastic show, thanks, and then we have a couple of associate executive producers, Emmanuel Lossier in Brossard, Quebec, a new listener, I see, a new donor. A new donor, uh, not too keen on letting PayPal draw money weekly, monthly on my account, so I'll try to contribute every once in a while. Wish somebody would do the same as you do here in Quebec. In the meantime, you're the ones getting my donation. Wish Thank wish you. somebody would do the same. Oh, I see. In other words, they, I guess. Please keep up the good work. P.S. I'm highly critical of some of your views, but open-minded enough to hear them out, and it's worth $233.33 apparently to... Uh, to disagree, Tim. Excuse me for interrupting. I'm reliably reliably informed that uh, Miss Mickey has size eight, so uh, size nine point two, whatever for a guy is not all that big. Okay, it's all right. Yeah, Tim Wichinski in Elkins, West Virginia, a random hillbilly, which is what he should yeah! be. Yeah. 
the uh, rule of Section 215 donations that you cannot discuss the name of the person giving the donation. Well, I'm sorry that it wasn't put on our sheet. But that's the second time we've called Random Hillbilly by some crazy Polish or yeah, we, Slavic we, we, name. We'll just keep changing anyway, those his are name. Our, those are our uh, executive producers God. for show 309. Good job. Um, so uh, the big news, of course, is that today not only did uh, Eric the Shill receive a new human resource, but the Knight and Dame rings uh, should be in today, which is very exciting. Uh, so we should have pictures and stuff, and uh, and he'll be sending them out as uh, soon as the uh, the early morning feeding is done. Yeah. Then we have a, a number of domain name uh, forwards that uh, we're always highly appreciative of, and of course now we are collecting these. Uh, Simon Reed is uh, keeping this all together at domains.nashownotes.com. Uh, these are domain names that forward to noagendashow.com. Osama bin Laden DNA test.com, which I thought was kind of nice. This week in douche.com. I feel the whole network uh, coming on. <laughs> As, you know, we have this week in tech, this week in Google, this week in startups, and now there's a new show, this week in douche.com. Screw. And what is this? How does this screw the... I don't even know how I pronounce this. Oh, screw the system.info. Okay. Got that one. Uh, yeah, those are the domain name forwards. There's a couple things I wanted to mention. Uh, one, uh, we, had, uh, we, we have an ongoing design challenge for the show notes and uh, the domain uh, registry, as it were, at domains.nashownotes.com. If you're any good at uh, CSS, just uh, go to the show notes. Today will be 309er.nashownotes.com, and you can actually design that. Did you see the 308 design, John? Did you see what what, uh, what was done there? No. Oh, well, we, we got a, uh, in honor of the WWDC uh, Developers Conference in uh, for Apple, uh, we have a Steve Jobs theme for 308.nashownotes.com. Uh, I'm not. I forget who has podcastlicense.com, but uh, we got an idea. I think you and I were talking about it after the show, um, and I actually I discussed this with uh, uh, with my uh, my partner in crime, uh, who was at the beginning of uh, the creation of podcasting. Ooh, such a controversial statement, uh, Dave Weiner. He says uh, he doesn't want any part of uh, of any money. He doesn't take. want any part of <laughs> us. Guys. He doesn't want any part of it. I said, forget it. I said, dude, yeah, we're the ones that could hand out the podcast license. He said, nah, I don't like asking for money from people. And I said, he doesn't, he, he I, doesn't do anything like that. I said, yeah. you know, once you get, surprise me at all. Once you get over that hump, it's not that hard. Um, so I'm thinking, why don't we actually do that? Uh, if uh, the person who uh, owns podcastlicense.com could uh, shoot me an email, um, then uh, yeah, I, I need to have the A record set up. Uh, and I and I think we should uh, we should sell podcast licenses. Maybe thirty three dollars, John. Is that a a reasonable uh, price? Thirty three dollars and thirty three cents. Yeah, I think that would be a reasonable price, and uh, you will put your name right there on the page as an official licensed podcaster. So when it comes around. And uh, and you have to have a when license. When the cops show up. Yeah, you can say, excuse me, it's right here, it's documented, I have a podcast license. I'm licensed to podcast. Yeah, and all the, the ten podcasters that listen to our show will all <laughs> get one of these licenses. Now, we have extremely exciting news. Uh, and even though it is not on the spreadsheet, there will be a, uh, a knighting today, although it's a dame. Uh, John, I'm, I think you probably caught this somewhere because the Twitters were more or less rampant with the information maggie vincent from uh, virginia has kindly offered her uh 
uh, 30-foot RV for the Gitmo Nation Hot Pockets No Agenda Tour. This is the part where you get really excited. That's great. <laughs> You're such a dick. What do you mean? This is great. This is fantastic. I just said, what did I say? Nothing. You just went. Just uh, assume that I'm like Dutch. <laughs> so uh, we, we, I, you know, we were just blown away. She said, look, I've, I've, I have this thing. It's, uh, it's from 2003. It's uh, completely perfect working order. Only like 10,000 miles on it. She said, I'm not using it this summer. Uh, feel free to come pick it up. And uh, so where is it in Virginia? Fredericksburg, and so you uh, have to fly. So you, what you would do is fly to Virginia. Yeah, we're going to fly to Virginia, and you get picked up by someone. Well, Maggie says she'll pick she'll pick us up at the airport. Yeah, no, no, then you jump. No, no, the sequence is not quite right. We fly there. She says then we'll have a hot tub and martinis party to kick it off. Then we what a hot tub and martinis. Apparently, she's got a hot tub. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I would make sure you get photos here before you take it. She's a cis. By the way, just to complete my theory, she's a cis admin. Okay, cis admin uh-huh. save the world once again. So uh, Maggie is kindly, and you can uh, thank her and follow her at Maggie Vincent on uh, on Twitter. And uh, so we're we're as you can imagine, uh, extremely excited about this. She also thinks we should uh, uh, name it the Hot Pockets 2008 tour. <laughs> so she's a true listener when you come up with something like that. <laughs> Dude. Um, so well, we got to find here. Here's our next little challenge, mini challenge. We got to find someone who has a shop, a, a rep- reprographic shop, because that's what you want. You want a reprographic. We have to buy this, but we, a reprographics are the guys who make the big giant posters and the billboards. Right, and all these right, big right, things. right. Yeah, we need a big And thing. they can make a vinyl, yep. uh, a temporary stick on vinyl kind of a poster for the side of the thing that can yeah. be just removed when you're done so you're not painting the thing or yep. destroying it. So something like the way Sarah Palin's has done with one of these reprographic operations. So That's what, not her, her face or her van? That van that she's got a she's got a Hot van very yeah. yes. She's got a van very similar to the one you you're in. It's not a van, dude. It's a 30-foot RV with brown and gray water, whatever that means. But we have oh, to we have to look so out she has for a hundred and twenty foot bus. But anyway, <laughs> besides the point, <laughs> yeah. she's got this huge bus with the Sarah Palin graphics all over it, which right. was really nicely done. Yeah, and because uh, you have to realize that this the, to put this stuff on these on these you see it on buses. I think we should these. have a big picture of Anthony Weiner's boxers on the side. I think you know. I think it's such a vague <laughs> photo. If it maybe it was enhanced. Yeah. So anyway, get CSI on it. The, yeah, no, uh, we'll, get, we'll get one of those. Absolutely, we'll get we'll get one of those uh, with the noagendashow dot com. Yep. Very that that's got to be the biggest thing, and that would be uh, on the side, and then you off off you go. Yeah. So uh, obviously, when you look at value for value, this is huge. So I I think we may even have to make her a baroness and not uh, and not just a, a dame. What do you think? I think that's uh, probably not a bad idea. Or high priestess is another could one. We get, could do. Give her the state of. She'll have the state of Virginia. She'll have the state of. <laughs> you know what? We make her a baroness, and she gets the state of Virginia. Okay. Yeah. Now, on that uh, note, uh, Miss Mickey and I today initiate our test. Uh, we have rented a twenty-seven uh, foot RV. We're picking it up today, and we leave either tonight or early tomorrow morning. 
And uh, we're not quite sure which direction we're going, but we will drive. Uh, go to Palm Springs, I keep telling it's you. It's funny you say that because the idea is to go to Palm Springs, then loop back through Death Valley. And um, sun- yeah. and Sunday morning, <laughs> Sunday morning, the show will emanate from the test vehicle. So, uh, you know, this is a full-on test to see uh, how everything works. You know, we got to get our feet wet and driving and understanding this gray-brown water thing. Uh, so I have to say I'm... Uh, I'm oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. I'm, so, I'm very uh, excited about that. So, uh, well, you'd be surprised how much brown water those things will carry. So uh, let me just put it, make a point here for you. I took one of these things on a very long trip with the wife and kids. And I would say that uh, after about a week uh, being on the road in one of these little devices... Uh, which is the one I had was like similar to the size you're getting. Yours might be a little bigger. It's pretty big. That one, yeah. thirty foot's pretty big. Yeah, it's huge. And I mean, imagine a thirty foot yacht is, is yeah, it's big, large. Yeah, it's this big. Is, this is a long thing. Yeah. Uh, you uh, by about I don't know day eight, day nine. Uh, I'm guessing. I could be wrong. Uh, you'll be coming to blows. <laughs> well, every step of this trip is I going don't to mean be docu- talk, No, I know. Every step of this trip is going to be documented. Uh, Eric DeShiel will be the back office. Uh, you'll be able to follow our GPS track, which will be delayed. So we don't like, you know, we it, we also want to have some privacy. So we don't have enemies of the show. <laughs> yeah, enemy, we don't have, yeah, enemies of the show coming to kill us. Um, but what's really nice is since this news of the, uh, the Hot Pockets uh, vehicle has come out, We've received even more invitations. And uh, remember, you can email Mickey at Curry.com, M-I-C-K-Y. She's uh, the keeper of the of all the info of the trip. And uh, here's just one that she forwarded to me from Mike, from a, way, former, a wage slave formerly known as Mike from uh, Colorado. Uh, and he's, he's welcoming us to his home. By the way, everyone says, you know, park in my driveway, steal my Wi-Fi, swap my wife. I mean, all this great stuff is coming up. Uh, Denver, of course, home of the Denver Federal Center, supposed new headquarters of the CIA. As a federal employee, I have access. <laughs> Would you like a tour? Also, the telecom building at 14th well, Street. That'd be good. Take yeah. a tour. Yeah, at 14th Street and Champa in downtown, uh, routes nearly all internet traffic to the West Coast through the Midwest. It's been said that if that building were to be destroyed, most of the Western United States would lose all internet access. So uh, we're probably going to go uh, visit Mike. But it's really, really nice. Everywhere in the country... People are offering um, hospitality, and we really look forward to it. And, of course, we we will uh, need uh, continuous support for the show as uh, as we roll throughout the Gitmo Nation states. If there's any ideas uh, that you have in regards to that, uh, those are also welcome. So we're just very excited, Uh, and and it's going to be great. And we're also going to do a – Ms. Mickey's going to do a photo book, um, which uh, if we can find a reasonably – inexpensive way to produce it we'd love to china <laughs> call the ring guys see if they can help no ring guys forget them we'll find some <laughs> there's a lot of good book printers in china quick pro- dude does all the all the books now all those photo books that you're talking about all from china they're all done in china like the tashin books are those from, done in china i don't know are they i don't know that's what i'm asking because they sell I don't them. Know. they got like the big butt books 65 bucks how can you make that book for 65 bucks i don't understand and it's made in china china right Programming note, Tuesday, 11 a.m. Gitmo Nation West time on the stream. Write it down in your calendar. Uh, I will be interviewing presidential candidate Gary Johnson. 
uh, on the show. I guess uh, someone from his camp heard us talking about it and uh, got in touch with me and said, hey, we'd love to have uh, the uh, the governor of uh, New Mexico uh, on the show. I said, well, he's not going to be on the show, but uh, here's what we'll do. We'll we'll talk for as long as the governor has time, like we did with Ron Paul at the time. And uh, we'll stream it live, and uh, we might use a clip or two from the show. We'll also put the show, the interview, out as a as a as a full podcast. So, hey, man, I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah, so people have to realize we don't do guests on this show. No, we don't. We don't. Just two guys talking. But it'll, I think it'll be well. It'll just be me and Gary Johnson talking, which I think will be yeah. fun. Well, why don't you? I, I, you know, there's. I want you could use that as a whole show if you can talk to him for two and a half hours. <laughs> hey, d- could you just send him the hey, bell? Hey, Garrett, can you bring some clips? <laughs> yeah, some clips and bring a slide whistle. <laughs> and one of these things. You're, hi- you're hired. That uh, should be fun. Uh, and if you got any questions, uh, yeah, email them to me. And, uh, I, I, you know, you know how I do interviews. I just ask the guy a question, let him talk. I'm not going to force him and I'm going to be confrontational. All I want to know is how he's going to pay for it all. I'm going to take some money from some banks like Obama. What are you going to do? Of course he is. Yeah, well, if you, if he's serious about I it, give it out to everybody. They don't, they're, they're not, they don't show real favoritism <laughs> until near the end when they know who's going to win. <laughs> Boom. So uh, support for the show is extremely important. Uh, we'll be talking later in our donation segment about a new development with uh, our other national treasure, PBS, to show you just how important it is that we continue to be able to do this work without commercial interruption or um, commercial corruption, as it were. Uh, and the place to do that, of course, is org. Slash N-A. So we highly appreciate the support from our associate executive producers, Emmanuel Lozier, uh, Random Hillbilly, and of course our executive producers and 309er club members, Sir Jordi Ramirez and Sir Sander Hoxbergen, uh, both of you uh, and our associate executive producers, all four of you can put this on your uh, stationery, you can uh, put it on your uh, IMDB account, anywhere you want. It's an official credit. It is. There's nothing less official. Hello, everybody. There's nothing. Uh, what am I trying to say? What it's, are you trying to say? It's just as official as a Hollywood credit. It's a real Hollywood credit. Oh, yeah, and we won't screw you by telling you we never heard of you. Yeah, no, we'll actually vouch for you. That's the whole vouch. idea. Everybody else out there, what you can do to support is propagate the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. So, uh, Lucifer was in, in Paris. Lucifer. Oh, why? Oh, she needed a, a trim? <laughs> and she's wearing this outrageous yellow outfit, uh, our dear Lucifer Hillary Clinton. And, uh, you know, I, I love it when, uh, when she goes on tour and she does interviews with foreign press. Because that's when she starts to, you know, get kind of like she slips up a little bit, you know, and she well, says she thinks it's like nobody's paying attention. Nobody's here. paying attention. Exactly. And she's always, she's in the mood. She's in France. <laughs> she's shopping. Yeah. She's buying shoes, getting her hair done, getting a new dress. Well, that's not true. That's not true. It's not true. She has no time. So she's interviewed by she's um, walking around. She's on the Champs Elysees. <laughs> uh uh, she, uh, 
Um, I got a couple of different clips here, which is it's just it's too hilarious. She was interviewed by this gorgeous woman from uh, LTF1, I guess, uh, which is uh, the, the French uh, t- uh, television. And the woman is gorgeous. Now, the Russians could take note for Russia today. But the she, Russians got to get their act together. But she literally, in the interview, it went like Hillary would answer a question. Then it would be like a three-second pause. The woman would look down at her paper and read the next question and then look up. It was like, wow, really? So, uh, but Hillary actually, uh, she threw another one at us. You know, she's in, if you're in Paris, you're in Paris, you know, that was all the elites. You must talk like the elites. What do you call it when, uh, when you fly a mission with, uh, with jets? What is that called? Isn't that a sortie? Mission? Sortie? Oh, a sortie. Yeah, yeah, it could be a sortie. No, you're wrong. And the, Ability to withstand the pounding they took from Gaddafi's forces in Misrata was a real turning point. And we believe that with the increased military tempo that has been going on, and the United States still flies uh, 25% of every uh, day's sorties, so we're deep. <laughs> it's a sorte. <laughs> it's a sorte. <laughs> So how many sorties did you fly <laughs> a today? It's a sorte. Like, oh, really, Lucifer? It's a sorte. So, of course, uh, with every interview, the question pops up, the number one question, because this is all these idiots can ask is, about this picture, the picture of you in the situation room, the picture. So she keeps changing her answer. What have we heard so far about the picture? We've heard she had to cough. We heard she had to sneeze. Uh, we heard she had to yawn. What else? We've heard every single variation from her. Well, yawn was ours. Oh, okay, but cough and sneeze. And, uh, and the, the only consistent part of her answer is that it was 38 minutes. 38 minutes. It was the most intense 38 minutes. Well, she has a new variation of the answer. And, and by the way, now, now, now she's, uh, she's hanging out in Paris and I have my yellow, my yellow outfit on and, uh. About Osama Bin Laden. Can I show you this picture? You know it. It's in the situation room. Yes, I remember. <laughs> I saw that picture. I didn't know it was being taken at the time. But... Oh, I saw the picture. I didn't know it was taken at the Time as the sorte. <laughs> I saw it later. So you are holding your hand in front of your mouth. Yes. What yes. did you think at that moment? Were you frightened? What did you see? Were you frightened? What did you see? I, I don't. I don't know how to describe it other than it was a very intense uh, period. Uh, the operation went on for 38 minutes. And uh, we all, as you can look at the expressions on everyone's face, had been working on this with a very small group of top officials uh, for months. And months? Uh, then it was out of our hands. The very um, well-trained special uh, forces, Navy SEALs, uh, were going to uh, carry out the mission. Uh, and uh, it was a, a breath-holding moment oh, for all of us. She's holding her breath. This is a new one, John. For 38 minutes. <laughs> she's holding her... She can do that, by the way. She's by the hold, way... She's holding uh, her breath. You know, there's something about the 38-minute meme that I, I'm yeah, not sure what yeah, that's what, what about, there. but it's bullcrap, because the mo- most of you say, well, it was a good half hour, or it was a half over and a half hour. Why would it be so... Two reasons. Two reasons. Two reasons. First of all, if you add 3 plus 8, it's 11, so it's a magic number. Second of all... 
Um, I'm sure that somewhere in the timeline, and we'll probably see this in the future, there will be a reason because someone wasn't there or someone had to be somewhere or there's someone who has to be placed at a certain time somewhere. That's why the 38, this is what always happens in the novels. So somewhere in the script, this comes back, this 38 minutes. It's, you watch. Uh, put it in your book. Put it well, in the prediction book. A, I'm going to grab the, the, little the red, red book. book of predictions. Yes. Meanwhile, while you write that down, let us just uh, hear... Uh, Madame uh, Lucifer Cliton uh, talking about how much she loves Paris and, and oh, she has no time. Thing between France and uh, America. Nothing's broken. Uh, oh, you know, I think you are our oldest. Oh, hold on a second. Uh, that was the wrong one. This is about, this is a good one too. This is about, uh, uh, do we have a problem with the French because the French are all angry about Afghanistan? Now, I'll remind you, I'll remind you. What did we, when the French were like balking at Afghanistan, what did we do in this country? We renamed French fries to Freedom Fries. Can, can you can y'all remember that? We don't like the French. Do we, John? Do we have like some... Well, we traditionally, uh, politically don't like the French. Oh, are you nuts? That's not what Hilary Clinton says. Thing between France and uh, America. Nothing's broken. Oh, you know, I think you are our oldest ally. Uh, ally. Um, you were there for us back in the Revolutionary War, and uh, there's wonderful reports from uh, uh, the French court by Benjamin Franklin. Uh, and then our revolutions were within years of each other, our commitments to human rights and human freedom, uh, our aspirations are, are so common. Uh, no two people agree on everything, and certainly no two great nations can agree on, mm. on everything, but uh, the relationship between France and the United States is deep, uh, broad, enduring, and uh, one that uh, I highly value. Yes, look, I did not even shave my armpits, <laughs> just because I love you so much, France. What a bunch of hooey. That's not true. I'm surprised that the French, somebody in the French side didn't call him on that freedom fries bull crap. Well, it's so obvious. And uh, so she lets a couple things slip up. So Christine Lagarde, my uh, my obvious uh, choice as per the prediction book for head of the IMF. Uh, what well, you mean the f the one for the what's her name again from Egypt? Is that what you're saying? This prediction of yours? No, I changed my prediction. I'm allowed to change my prediction. I did that last time. I said, please change the prediction. Don't you give me that. You dropped the uh, Egypt, but you did not mention what is this, Lagarde. Some kind of race? What are you talking about? I said this two shows ago. I said I dropped Egypt, I, and I said Lagarde is in because she's running. She ran a law firm in Chicago. You don't recall that whole conversation? I remember that, but I don't remember it being an official prediction. It's not in the book. <sighs> okay, well, and whatever. So, uh, but she's in, and here's why. So let's talk about a French woman yesterday, Christine Lagarde, said she was candidate for the managing of the IMF. Do you know her? And do you think she has the necessary experience for that job? And no, she this said... this question is set up. Of course it's set up. That's why she's in. She would be a good candidate because she is a woman. What do you think? Uh, yes, because she is a woman. This is sexist and this is pissing me off. Well, uh, I, I actually know her. I admire her. Um, I saw her last night at a dinner that I hosted for uh, oh. all of the uh, ministers attending the OECD 50th anniversary. And I told her privately and I said uh, publicly at a press conference earlier today that uh, the United States has not taken an official position. Um, obviously other candidates may come forth. Uh, but speaking unofficially and personally, 
Uh, I am uh, a strong supporter of qualified woman, women, uh, of which she is certainly one, uh, being given the opportunities to uh, lead international organizations. So uh, I wished her well last night, and I will be watching closely as this unfolds. Right, so she's in. She's in. You're right. Total setup question. She's in. So now, well, that's because they had a French person in before, and they got to get they they were promised so much time in that job, and they have rousted him, and they got to put another French person in. It just so happens to be a woman, so they get that little icing on the cake. Well, it's not. Notice the United States is not protesting at all because she is a shill for the United States. She ran the Chicago law firm. Well, apparently the other guy was too. Everybody is. That's yeah, what we do. But, the, but she's a better shill. Well, maybe. So uh, now she contradicts the Secretary General of NATO. And this is the one that I found very interesting about boots on the ground in Libya. Does that mean that we are now close to fighting on the ground? And will America commit any troops if, if France and Great Britain commit to ground fightings? We will not commit any troops, but I don't believe that either France or Great Britain uh, are committing troops by adding, if they do, these uh, attack helicopters. Oh, really? There's no, we're not, we're not doing any troops? Well, here's what the Secretary General says. NATO and partners have just decided to extend our mission for Libya for another 90 days. Uh-huh. This decision sends a clear message to the Gaddafi regime. We are determined to continue our operation to protect the people of Libya. We will sustain our efforts to fulfill the United Nations mandate. We will keep up the pressure uh, to see it through. Our decision also sends a clear message to the people of uh, Libya. NATO, our partners, the whole international community stand with you. We stand united to make sure that you can shape your own future. And that day is getting closer. So on the same day the Secretary General says this, these news reports come out. But help is on hand. Evidence for the first time of Allied boots on the ground. Here, a group of armed foreigners, possibly British, seen liaising with the fighters. It could be to facilitate forthcoming helicopter attacks. The men left hurriedly when they spotted us. Yeah. So there's boots on the ground, attack helicopters. Really? You're telling, you're telling me there's no boots on the ground, but you've got helicopters flying around? This is ridiculous. You can't, this makes no sense. Helicopters are meant to land. You know, that's the whole point, is they can land in, in small, confined, reasonably confined areas. Of course this is boots on the ground. They're dropping the boots in with the helicopters. I think there's already been reports of that. Yeah, but, but now the... Okay. Right. So Clinton says one thing and these guys say another. It's not supposed to be our operation anymore anyway. Yeah, well, it is. You know, Dominic Smith-Kahn, just to come back to him, there's, there's, a, there's two theories floating out there right now. One is crackpot. One is actually pretty damn good. <laughs> Guess Let's do the crackpot <laughs> one first. Okay, the crack... <laughs> The crackpot one is, I like this, is that Dominic, so um, the IMF uh, deals in a lot of gold, and they started a gold-selling program in 2010. They were going to sell uh, uh, several tons of gold, and they sold it to all kinds of countries, and, and they run a lot of their operation based on gold. And apparently, 
so this gold, of course, comes from countries who are part, members of the IMF. Apparently, the United States had committed, as per the Second Amendment of the Articles of Agreement of the IMF, 191.3 tons of gold to be sold. But they keep stalling delivery of the gold. And so the crackpot theory is that Dominique Strauss-Kahn discovered through a couple of whistleblowers within uh, the U.S. government that the, there is no gold, that they can't deliver the gold. And he was on his way to get out of the country quickly to go. Did they run out of tungsten or what? Tungsten. Well, yeah, exactly. That it, well, we, we know that there's a lot of tungsten gold floating around. And that that's why they, they nabbed him. And then, of course, you probably heard about this Egyptian banker who it, it, the exact same thing happens to him. He's in a hotel room in New York. Now, he apparently is uh, he was supposed to go get the, go back to uh, New York and retrieve the evidence or the details or whatever it is of this of this gold that can't be delivered because we, we no longer have gold in Fort Knox, which, by the way, no one is allowed to see anymore. You know, there's no there's no uh, audit of the gold at Fort Knox. And so this guy has exactly the same thing happen. He has a uh, thank you, darling. He has a, a chambermaid that he sexually assaults. The only difference is this guy is a 74 year old devout Muslim, which is kind of a little weird when you think about him doing the same as Dominique Strauss-Kahn. So that's kind of the crackpot theory. Here's the theory that I... It's not much of a theory. This guy was arrested. No, but the theory is that it's about the U.S. not being able to, to deliver the gold and that this guy wanted to pop it on everybody and, uh, and, and have the evidence to let everybody know that ah. the U.S. doesn't have the gold. Well, it's, you know... More interesting is an Abel and Cain story. He has a brother, Mark Oliver Strauss-Kahn who is a senior advisor to the Federal Reserve, not actually A, he is the senior advisor to the Federal Reserve. He works for the World Bank. And the theory on this is, and there's an excellent story that the slog wrote, and I'll put a link to his uh, his blog in the show notes at noagendashow.com, uh, nashownotes.com. His uh, uh, entire theory is that this is uh, a move by his brother to get, his older brother, Dominique Strauss-Kahn, out of the picture for him to take over and Abel and Cain. I think that is actually viable. I like the first theory better. <laughs> the gold? It could be. You know, we don't know. There's, it, this, you know it's certainly not a coincidence what, what happened here. But those are the two theories, and I'm following up on both of them. The gold is a little hard, but, you know, there's been, there's been several... Uh, calls for an audit of Fort Knox to go and see the gold. When was the last time that happened? Like the 70s? Didn't they Didn't they open it up and people were allowed to go down and look at the gold and they go, ooh, that looks like gold to me. Didn't that happen then, the 70s? Well, you know, you could make a fake exhibition of the gold. I don't know why they don't do that if this theory is correct. Well, because now everyone knows about tungsten and be like, hey, drill a hole in that. Let me just see what's inside of there. Let me, let me uh, do a little sample. That's not true. The number of people that know about the tungsten scam is very small. I think that our listeners and a few other people, the general public, going down to Fort Knox to look at the goal aren't going to bring it up. Yeah, but it wouldn't just be general public. It would be people who know what they're doing. No, it's it's it. it I'm not Put putting a camera it, on it. I'm not putting Take one the- <laughs> brick. And say, okay, I'll drill a hole in it and have the that have real gold in it. It's not that hard to to fake it. Well, then why don't they just do that? That's what I'm asking you. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I think we deserve to see our gold. 
I mean, if they're going to scam us out of the gold, which is what the theory, ha- how the theory has it, you'd think at least they'd have a, a phony baloney show they could put on, a dog and pony show. <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe there's not enough. Uh, maybe they're just like, yeah, no one's. They don't even have enough to plate. (laughs) Bricks is dead empty. That's what you're saying. It's like, hello, hello, hello. It's completely. Completely. Fort Fort Knox now being used as an echo chamber. It's completely possible. Turn it into a disco. (laughs) Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Fort. Hello, everybody. I'm Barack, your DJ. Welcome to the Fort Knox disco. And now, the Sugar Hill Gang. I can just see him doing that now. Barack Sport Knox Disco 2008. Yeah. Did you see what the president did on Memorial Day? I'll take that as a no. Uh, no. This was not reported. So first Probably he Probably for good reason. Yeah. Go, yeah. So, you know, I take Memorial Day pretty seriously. Um, you know, it's not to me, like, unlike most Americans, unfortunately, it's not a day to go get a good deal on a car, uh, or, or, you know, just get hammered at a barbecue, but it's a day to remember, uh, it it started initially with the uh, civil war, you know, to remember the uh, fallen soldiers, uh, Memorial day began with the, uh, world war one as armistice day and turned into Memorial day and actually the civil war celebrations were all became all morphed into thanksgiving it is seen more as armistice day but if you consult the book of knowledge wikipedia on this you'll see that it actually started after the civil war but let's say world war one that makes more sense um but you do and thank you i can hear you consulting the book of knowledge i am yeah um but uh for obvious reason uh, uh considering my family history and uh the service that my family has provided you know i think about that and uh you know i, I don't mind having a barbecue and uh sla- slapping back some brewskis but I think about the fallen men and women, and we've had uh, several thousand in the past 10 years who have died um, protecting what they believe is our country. But, of course, it's really protecting the interests of the mili- military industrial complex. So I have extra uh, thinking to do about how horrible that is. So the president, of course, does his little wreath laying at the uh, tomb of the unknown soldier there in Arlington Cemetery. And then he goes off and plays golf. He could have done. When did he become such an avid golfer? I mean, he, there's so many things he could have done. He could have spent the day with veterans. He could have mowed the lawn for somebody. You know what Joe Biden suggested? There's a million things the president could have done. No, he's like um, Michelle. I gotta lay that reef. Uh, I can get in a uh, quick nine, and then he goes off and he plays golf. It just it's wrong. And, of course, no one reported on this. You did. Well, that's what people tune into the show for. Somebody must have reported on it or you wouldn't have found out about it. Yeah, well, I have my my sources. We have noagendanewsnetwork.com. He went to uh, Fort Belvoir Golf Course. He's in the neighborhood. Yeah, but it's Memorial Day. There's so much. I know he shouldn't be playing golf as the president on it's Memorial a, it's an Day. In, it's an Not insult. Not a day to go to Coney Island. No, Yay. It's an insult. It's an insult. The guy goes off and I mean, there's so many things he should have done, I feel, as our commander in chief who puts, he commands people and puts them in harm's way. Yeah, let me go play some golf. I can I'm, tell this irked you. Yeah, I'm going to sh- throw a shoe at him. Yeah, that did irk me. Are you kidding me? 
It's very irksome. And I think, I think, uh, I hope mainstream media well, will make some Well, you know, there's been some interesting studies done recently, and the mainstream media is just very Democrat. They don't want to criticize the president, and they don't want any Republicans to get any ink, and they slant the news, and I think it's been well documented. And uh, so this kind of thing doesn't show up anymore. Yeah, it's a, it's a travesty. Pure travesty. So um, after the show on uh, Sunday, was it Sunday? Yeah, the last show. Indeed. Yeah. Um, Literally, as I was rolling out Mr. Oil's show, the power went out. And it went out countrywide. Uh, No, it didn't. Hold on. Spotted, but countrywide. It was out in Austin. It was out in Detroit. It was out in multiple places in Los Angeles. It was out in Canada, uh, Toronto, Quebec. Um, Multiple uh, power uh, facilities went down, all on Sunday. But the crazy thing is this happened around, uh, I don't know. uh, That wasn't Mr. Oil's show. It it happened around 3.30. But at 2 o'clock, I I got that crazy uh, app on my Android, which measures um, solar flares. I keep seeing Class C solar flares, which aren't all that big a deal. You know, like a one, a two, a three, or whatever. But I at three o'clock, I got or two forty-five. I got this eight point seven Class C solar flare, and then forty-five minutes later, we get this crazy wind and this like really weird storm, and then you know the power goes out for two hours. And of course, the only place I can go is stupid Twitter, which is pathetic. You know, it's Memorial Day weekend. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Not a single news organization local to Los Angeles is even reporting on it because they're all drinking beer and playing golf with the president. I just want to get some news on this. You call the LADWP. They're like, you know, give us our, your CAN number, whatever the hell that is. Customer access nunchuck number, which I don't. You know, I just want to know what's going on. Well, they answered me. Do you know what happened? This is the most insulting thing. Turns out squirrels were biting through the aluminium uh, near the Burbank power station, and that's why uh, the power went out. Oh, really? Squirrels? <laughs> squirrels. Where's your sound effect? I know, it's gone. <laughs> it's, for some reason, my squirrel sound effect is gone. But how lame is that? They're going to tell well, me? It, it, it does happen a lot. Oh, please. Squirrels? Yeah, no, squirrels are a big plague. In fact, I was talking to a guy, a power guy. It's more of a problem, less with the power guys than it is with the with the telecom guys. Because typically a squirrel gets a little nip or something. And he, I mean, he's just electrocuted. But with the guys of the phone system, the squirrels eat through the wires and they just keep eating. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was told the story, the fascinating story, personal anecdote here, about the fact that in California they uh, – Pacific uh, Bell, when they were running it, they they've been trying to do something about squirrels eating through the uh, through the phone lines for years, and so they decided to put uh, to develop a plastic that's laced with capsicum. Capsicum. Capsicum is the vital ingredient in a hot chili pepper. <laughs> okay. And so they made this extremely hot chili flavored plastic and it turned out that the squirrels got a taste for it <laughs> oh no they love it so they and so they started eating even more because they you're using it as spice for the nuts i guess i have no idea so but it's a it's a it's, it is a problem squirrels are a problem now whether they would cause an 
a power outage, outage in, in all in, over the country seems yeah. highly unlikely. This is my point. Like that's the only thing you can come up with is squirrels. I mean, solar flares could be a real problem, can't they, John? I mean, that, that's, a, that's a real issue. Yeah, but I'm trying to get the time because I think when a solar flare... Now, this app of yours, does it tell you when the flare occurs or when it starts or when the effect begins? Because there's a distance between the Earth and the sun is long enough that a solar flare, I, I don't think it's a 45-minute uh, travel time. Is it longer or shorter? I think it's longer. Um, it basically is alerts from... Uh some government organization, isn't it uh, NASA or NOAA or someone? I don't know. I don't know what this app is. I've never seen it. Yeah. And I, I don't know anyone would have it on their phone. By the way, but someone someone, you know. someone suggested one of our producers suggested I have it on my phone for this very reason. He said we're going to get a lot of solar flares, a lot of weird stuff is going to happen. NASA has been warning about communications going out because of solar flares. They, they, I mean, that's official. We've talked about it on the show. Yeah, well, that's been going on forever, right? And, and it does happen. I don't think it's as bad as it used to be because most of these, uh, you know, satellites and everything have been hardened against such events. And they also turn the satellite around. I mean, I think there's so much time that, you know, for example, uh, the satellite folks, if a solar flare happens and it's starting to head toward Earth, they can actually take the satellite and they reposition it. They turn it. So it doesn't so the vital parts of it don't get wiped out by the flare because these things are expensive. And and so there's enough time to do that. Yeah, but not everybody can do that. Not everyone's. I mean, there's a lot of junk up there. Yeah, but but I'm talking about the expensive, you know, communication stuff that we need to bomb people, and uh, the important things, you know, the bomb oriented. Uh, Here's the crazy thing. So that night, so of course, you know, we had to do our hair without hair dryers and stuff. Oh no! Yeah, real emergency. We had dinner with uh, our power lesbian friends, power lesbian couple friends. Well, did they provide power for the lights? <laughs> yeah, just by rubbing sticks together. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're, they're uh, high-powered uh, members of society. And so we're having dinner, and I'm like, yeah, this solar flare stuff. And one of them turns to me and says, are you sure it wasn't an EMP strike? <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? So um, we're propagating the formula and doing well. EMP strike. <laughs> I couldn't believe she said that. I'm like, really? This is the uh, yeah. yeah. This is just so, so my squirrel jingle is gone. What do you mean it's gone? It's gone. You know, I, here I am, ready to talk about squirrels, and then all of a sudden, it's gone. Really? Yeah. Huh. Well, you can always reclip it. It's all. It's right in there. I have that movie on a DVD. I can clip it for you if no, you need. I know that, but it's kind of irritating. Oh, thank you very much, Gitmo Slave. Somebody just sent it to you. Yeah, of course. Are you kidding me? These are our people, man. Squirrel! Oh. There we go. There you go. Perfect. Got it back. So I found two memes floating around. One of them was pointed out by a uh, listener. Okay. And uh, I didn't even think about it as a meme. We've talked about it and talked about it and talked about it, but we I, we never declared it to be a meme. Uh, we, we, we just declared it was part of a scheme to like you know uh, regulate the internet which seems to be uh, going full steam ahead remember podcastlicense.com if anybody hasn't noticed we should also have an internet license while we're at it Ooh, I don't get know. somebody get internet, internet license.com yeah that's a good yeah. one because that way everybody could buy that instead of the 10 podcasters that we're going to end up selling these these things to as a joke <laughs> it's not it's a real hey it's a real license okay 
We are we are qualified. It's as to real have, as the knighthoods. It's exactly. we have the why not? Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I think anyone can do these things. Internetlicense.com. I'm sure that's available. All right. Maybe. Mm. So uh, we could also call it an iLicense. Somebody at iLicense.com. <laughs> no, because Apple will come and sue us. And no, we'll no, have we'll have it, it before they have it. They, can, we can, they, can <laughs> they own the letter I, dude. Forget about it. Uh, I go with it. I, there's plenty of... Uh, yeah. Anyway, so the, the meme is just the meme itself. It's Hacker. Oh, really? And we've seen it with Anthony Weiner and the right, hacker, hacker, right. hacker. And you've got this long definition he talks about with the clip that you didn't play. And it's a hacker, hacker, hacker thing. So I have like a definitive classic version of this hacker meme floating around uh, from CNN with Candy Crowley. And visitors to the PBS website saw a shocking story claiming that the late rapper Tupac Shakur, dead almost 15 years, is alive and living in New Zealand. The fake article article was the work of hackers who also posted sensitive PBS information. They say they were motivated by a recent frontline episode about Bradley Manning, the U.S. soldier suspected of leaking government secrets. Andy? This, the hacking thing is out of control. Out it of seems. control! It is. And, you know, and it, it's pretty um, kind of scary when you think that people's personal information also was posted online as well. Uh, it wasn't just we getting into company it. company things, they say, well, nothing really essential was, you, you know, was uh, gotten by the hackers. But, you, you, you know, the day is coming pretty yeah. much now. <laughs> okay. Thanks so much, Lisa. Very Sylvester. good. Very good, John. So let's, let's, put, let's connect the dots for a second. Let's say Anthony Weiner... Uh, connected to Lucifer Clinton's State Department with techno experts who desperately want a harmonization of the the Budapest uh, Convention, who, which uh, essentially, no, literally states you can't disparage anyone online. They desperately want to propagate the hacker meme so that uh, we have a reason to go arrest people because you're a hacker which that name, by the way, has changed just the way gay changed. Hacker used to be someone who just hacked around in code and wasn't really a, a stru- didn't take a structured approach to uh, uh, programming, uh, computer programming. So what if this meme needed to be propagated? Because what's not working is people are not afraid. People are not afraid of, uh, of hackers taking their personal data. People just aren't afraid. So maybe... Anthony Weiner was either set up or complicit in the setup to really propagate the whole idea of hacking. He certainly used it a lot, didn't he? Yeah, he used the word constantly, and he's not. Uh, I don't believe he's complicit because unless it's a, this is a prank, a prank on. I mean, he, unless he's doing the pranking and it went out of control and he's lost control of it, mm. and I, I, I don't believe that's true because he's just not reacting properly. So I think he just happens to be part of the system that is trying to promote this this hacking meme that is has become like we hacker 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 bad 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 we have to do something government government has to step in and I think you're right about the Budapest thing uh, that we can't you know you hackers because they're so dangerous Danger. and then you're. And you're right. The fact is the hacker term, which was originally the guys that used to be worried about were called crackers. Mm-hmm. Crackers. That's right. That's right. And they became generically called. In fact, Stephen Levy, a writer, was a, all over the place. He writes a lot of pro Apple books, pretty much his bread and butter. And uh, he wrote a book called Hackers, I think. 
It was hackers or it was hackers, and it was about and he bitches about the, at the because apparently people were the, the true hackers, the guys who like to fool around with a machine by playing with it, doing your right non-standard things to, with a computer to see how what how they work, and right. you know, just a hobby. And have been called are now considered evil, and that started almost twenty years ago, or more. And uh, now it's become, now it's showing up too much. And it was one of our listeners that sent it to me saying, look, you've been talking about this, but you don't realize there's, you know, you missed the fact that this is a meme yeah. that is, is rampant. And when this Candy Crowley thing came out after the Wiener thing, I said, this is just is unbelievably ridiculous. And so people out there, the only reason you want to bring these up is so you can now be, take, keep an eye out. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, it's good that our producer brought that up. Um, and this is well, internetlicense.com. You're so right. We got to get on this. We got to start licensing people. We got to, you know, license them up. We can be a, uh, we'll, we'll be the uh, clearinghouse, the, the agency, the uh, <laughs> agency uh, of record, <laughs> the agency of record. And we'll be an NGO, <laughs> a 50313C, we'll whatever. We'll be an NGO licensing, you know, self-light. This is what, uh, what free enterprise is all about. That's right. And by the way, it's the it's the way the internet's supposed to work. We're, we're self-organizing. It's a, it, the industry is regulating itself. And so you can be assured you get to, when you get the license, you'll get a license and you'll get a bug, a little logo <laughs> that you can put on your website so people can now trust you. And in fact, you will have a line of code, a line of code goes into every website and the line of code has the license number. And so when the search engine goes through, it sees the license, license number, checks it against the database. And then, you know, you're assured you're not on an, some sort of evil site. And, of course, when you click on that logo, it'll take you right back to internetlicense.com. Right. So it's viral. Like it goes viral. Yeah. And, by yeah. the way, you know, uh, there's a lot going on with this cybersecurity bill, um, of which parts have been released. Uh, you know, there, it, there is no real definitive bill that has actually been introduced as such. Um, but I, 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 you were the first one to say this. I feel these the walls closing in very, very rapidly. It's... Uh, it's well, we'll be in Easy Street because we'll be having we'll be the we'll, licensing we'll agency, we'll the, yeah. so we'll always have be, be able to get out. You know, and it'll be great until they shut us down. <laughs> the, I, <laughs> this is good, but I guess internetlicense.com is taken. Of course, yeah, yeah. So maybe we have to. It's just too bad. Maybe I license. Well, we'll come up with something that's yeah. similar. Look, the, the chat room's got enough brain power. Yeah, they're working on it. They're working similar, on it. Similar. Uh, they're working on it. Oy vey. So anyway, so that's a meme. Now, I, I, this week, I, and I think memes are important to follow, I caught another one, which I've been thinking about for a while, but I, I just didn't put it together until I got this clip. And this clip is, uh, and, it was, and actually it was this clip that, that re- made me realize that there's a meme in play that we, we've only kind of touched on, but we haven't really played up. And it's the anti-college uh, education meme. Oh, is this Peter Thiel? No, this is a clip from a from a uh, from a soap opera. Oh, look, I'm about to graduate. I have to finish school because of the whole parole thing. But after that, I'm completely free. I didn't apply to any colleges. I'm not really interested in higher education. Can't imagine that's going to go over well with your family. Well, they'll have to live with that. I know where I belong in the business, learning my way up. Look, I already have a grasp of all the basics. You know, I just need more hands-on experience. Look, Johnny, you won't be sorry you hired me. I'll, I'll be dedicated and loyal. Look, Michael, 
there's going to be a day that comes where you look back on this choice and realize that this day changed your life forever. So I just want you to be sure and clear what you're signing up for. So what was this from, by the way? I think it was either General Hospital or one of the other ones, the Young and the Restless, so I'm they're, not sure. So they're trying to desperately stay on the air by propagating any meme that's thrown in front well, of them. Well, this meme, I don't know that they even know that they're propagating it, but I just realized what a meme it was because we've been getting nothing. We've been inundated yeah. with stories about, oh, you know, student loans. If you go to college, you come out, you're broke. And they yeah. have, you know, they and have in debt. one. And in debt. Yeah, it's what, and in debt. And they have women. I saw just before I got this meme. I remember seeing on one of these news talk shows some woman being interviewed on the street. Oh, I just graduated, and now I owe three hundred thousand dollars, and I'm never going to pay it off. I only took out a ten thousand dollar loan, but now I owe half a million dollars, and I don't know how I'm going to pay it off. So there's all these stories, well, and, and then know, there's Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel literally came out, and he says he's paying uh, college students to drop out of school and go work at his companies in other forms, but not to complete college. And Peter Thiel, of course, is a, is a well-known Silicon Valley guy, uh, Facebook, all the CIA companies, uh, right. PayPal, eBay, Facebook. Now, this all harkens back, and by the way, Peter Thiel should be ashamed of himself, but this all harkens back to uh, uh, probably about two or three years ago when I read that uh, quote from the guy who had worked up in Cheyenne Mountain or one of those things up in, uh, out near Colorado. I, uh, Iron Mountain. Iron Mountain, and he was talking to some general saying, you know, these this was in the 60s or 70s. These kids are protesting too much. They know too much. We need to dumb down the American public. We got to do something about it because, you know, the educated public is a problem. And then <laughs> yeah. now that we're. Yeah, it's a real problem. <laughs> it's a real problem. And now that we're going into a, you know, second double dip uh, depression, uh, we don't need a bunch of sm smarty pants that, you know, have their no, educated we, we need, to be able to We need think. workers. We need. Uh, we don't want people that can think for themselves. So let's take and do a couple of things. One, let's do this college uh, loan scam and ruin everybody's life and then show them it as a terrible threat. And then, and if they and, and let's jack up the prices. I mean, it used to be when I was a, a kid, Jeez. you could go to college for nothing. And now it's like, you know, it's $100,000 in the hole just to get into, you know, to do the four years that they have it uh, documented uh, uh, on a website. I was talking to Horowitz about this on the DH Unplugged show. He's got a list and it costs $100,000 for a four-year education at Cal Berkeley, I mean, which is, uh, and that's low for most of these schools. So they're trying, and they're, so what, and they're also, there's another meme that's followed, that you'll be hearing a lot of, and I've heard it last night, which is that, well, you know, there's all these countries, and they're all in disarray, and there's Asia, and there's cropping up, and the one thing they all agree on, it's best to get their education in the United States at one of our universities. Yeah. So in other words, everybody wants to come here, and so they're catering to foreign students. In fact, the University of California here in Cal, Cal Berkeley, I believe, is almost half out of state and foreign students, as opposed to, you know, training and, and educating the Californians who set up this institution. So you bring all these foreigners in and educate them, let dumb down the American public, screw them with these college loans and have this never ending meme that you don't need to go to college. You're better off getting right into work. Why don't we go back to the days when it was, you know, you graduated from the eighth grade and you can start working. <laughs> this is a terrible situation that nobody's addressing and the fact that it's it's being promoted and people like Peter Thiel is part of the problem. So let's uh, let's look at the the facts here. 
you went to college? I did. Uh, which uh, institution did you attend? I went to this university over here, University of California, Berkeley. Okay. You, ooh. you went to Berkeley, which, of course, is where all the spooks are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you went to Berkeley. Spies. Only recently, by spies. the way. I don't spook, believe it was spook, the case spook, when I was spook, there. Spook. You went to Berkeley uh, and you completed, you graduated. Uh, do you have a degree? Yeah, of course I have a degree. Well, what's your degree? Let's, it's I'm, a degree. I have a degree in uh, history. History. Okay. Uh, do, do you go on to do a master's or any other type of... Uh, no, I did a little post-grad work, but post-grad. I never did get it. I was, okay. I was gonna, always promising to get a PhD, but I just never followed up. Okay. So we're established. Uh, you have graduated from UC Berkeley, a fine uh, spook institution. Um, you have a degree in history. I dropped out of college after three months, uh, and here we are together. Same show, yeah. same uh, gig. Yeah. So what does that tell you about the value of your piece of paper? Well, this is your part of the problem. <laughs> I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda in the morning. Part of the problem and proud of it. <laughs> is that... Thanks. Yeah, I, I could. There's a sociological difference between the two of us, and I could, and it's only been equalized by the fact that I have a college education, uh, and you've decided to dumb yourself down. So that's another issue. Daniel Collins, Gross Point, Michigan. I want. We have actually three one 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 dot one one donors, and people have to realize we've got eleven 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 coming up. Now, now there's a couple of eleven elevens that take place. We also have five Saturdays, five Sundays in this year. This is a very special year. It's very magical, very powerful. Right. So we have three uh, donors at the one 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 dot one one level. Uh, Daniel Collins, a new donor, Gross Point, Michigan, is wanted to thank you so much by donating. I just recently started listening, so I don't know if I need a dedouching. Actually, he doesn't. Anyway, thanks again. Keep up the great work, and we'll try to keep on donating. Uh, uh, Keith Edwards of Gilbert, Arizona, and Sir Snakes, Peter Snakes, Peter Snakes, Peter Snakes is also in on a one 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 one. Lena Nobuhara in Tusmore, South Australia, uh, hundred dollars. She wants to thank us for many hours of hard work. Keep us all informed in the morning. It's almost been three months since the Japan earthquake and tsunami even though red cross has started distributing the donated funds it will take a while to reach the most affected people and besides it's not cash they want they want blankets hot showers <laughs> and bath linen <laughs> wait a minute wait a minute let's just play that for a second this is funny. we just need cash i know a lot of people want to send blankets or water just send your cash she also gave us the list of a couple of nonprofit organizations at uh, Civic Force, which we'll have links in the show notes on. Uh, a lot more information on the Japanese page. Uh, some clips she'd like to look at. And she, they work with the communities to see what they need the most. And it's apparently not a scam like these other so, operations. So uh, I'll, uh, I'll put those into the show notes at 309er.nashownotes.com. 309nashownotes.com. Mind yes. over media. Uh, John and Adam, here is another $100 to support No Agenda and the celebration of my wife's birthday. We got her listed. Uh, send some karma uh, to wish okay. Belisa, Melissa. Melissa. You got karma. Ladies and gentlemen, that's your Berkeley education right there. Melissa. Very good. Very good. You see Berkeley, everybody. Belisa. Uh, so you're just, so you're basically on board with Peter Tile. His name is Teal. There's your Berkeley uh, education, everybody. Yeah, okay. 
Hey, well, you slammed me, bro. Bro. No, no, you slammed me. You started it. I just, no, I asked a question. I All said, I did was have Here we me. are both winding up in the same gig, begging for money to support a show because we have nothing else we can do. Right, and if it wasn't for my education, I would probably be driving a truck and I wouldn't even know who you were. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's not the way to look at it. That's the way I see it. Is if I had had an education, no, I'd be driving the truck. You have to demean me <laughs> for did. actually making the effort to get a degree because you didn't have to because you were born with a silver spoon. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, excuse me. Let me just uh, put... Pull the silver spoon out of my butt. Yeah. So well, that's not. This, I your, was born with a silver, silver spoon. Really? Silver spoon. Oh, that's that. That's rich. That's I like really it. nice. I had to go to West Virginia. My parents couldn't afford UC Berkeley. Douche. So you're calling West Virginia a second-rate school? Salem, West Virginia, not WVU. Oh. Yes. Give a shout out to Lawrence Dring, uh, APO, is in the military. Give a shout out to Haley and Loopy in uh, Sagamahara, Japan. Hey, John, we want more sumo updates. <laughs> That's a good point. Yes, I've been missing those. Uh, keep the good work. He's from the land of the rising Geiger counter. <laughs> Michael Miller, Sir Michael Miller, it is. Uh, Tiburon 55, double nickels on the dime. Misty Tallman, Colorado Springs, double nickels on the dime. Vincent Farrell, San Jose. Uh, John Adam, love the show. It gets me through the gym and my commute. Sometimes I re listen to the show so I can make sure I get all the talking points. So I'm definitely getting a full value. Can I get a D douching and a karma shot together? No, yeah, a double shot. Sure, sure. <laughs> You've been D douche shot. Karma. Hey. That that tightness of those two jingles is the work of an uneducated person. Interested, but born with a silver spoon that he swallowed, <laughs> and, it, and he admitted it. It came out his ass. No, Interstate uh, deals at Ventura, Florida. Can you please de-douche me? Uh-huh. <laughs> You've been de-douched. You need some karma. Uh, do I, do you, could you please, hey, Berkeley boy, could you please like read ahead so that, you know, we can get them both I, at I the same time? I know it's hard, you know. You've got karma. You know, that advanced reading class at Berkeley. iPhone4parts.com. This is a website. We sell iPhone parts worldwide and listen to No Agenda in the office while packing orders. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's, of course. Get got- back to work, you people. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, John and Adam. I was sad to hear donations are down, but even though, even thought, how can I be sad if I'm part of the problem? Can you please? He already, we just deduced him. Uh, we all sell iPhone. Blah, blah, blah. This is like a, he repeated himself. Okay. <laughs> now, this name, is this name, guy, is this person's name Lone, really? Oh, Mickey's worried that we're fighting. Goodbye, honey. Stop where, it. And Mickey, it's his fault. He's a, he's a douchebag. Lone Emmerich? No. It's got to be Joan, right? No, Lone. I don't know. I, I, I didn't go to Berkeley. I, I can't. Uh, Brook Park, can't. Uh, Ohio. You can, you can drop it. Uh, PropagateTheFormula.com <laughs> is now redirecting for no agenda. Show.com. And guys, please send me some karma with a C. He's got it. It's different. Oh, okay. You've got karma. I didn't have that one. I'll put that one in here. Propagatetheformula.com. Christopher Gray, Palm Bay, Florida. I'm a five buck a month subscriber. Wanted to give $50. It's my 40th birthday on June 2nd. 
please give me a birthday shout out. I recently got my liberal actor brother into the show. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, we got him on the list. Christopher Lawton, Greg Brunsell. Christopher Lawton's in Dartmouth, Massachusetts, and Greg Brunsell's in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Fifty bucks each, and then we have an anonymous donor. Uh, Fifty dollars. Uh, please just call me Officer Friendly from Cage Match, and a deducing karma for his wife combination would be appreciated. You've been deduced. You've got karma. Just had to donate after the package we made about Biden's speech because it was so damn good. Hmm. Uh, thanks for everything, and my wife needs the karma for some morons killed the garden she worked hard on in the past week, and hopefully the. Huh, the funds will pick up and whatever. The garden will grow better. And uh, Jonas Ensby in Oslo. Greetings from Get One Nation Brown Cheese. Love the show because uh, contributed to being a boner, although now he's a donor. And although my credit card and bank account is in the negative, I had to take advantage of the terrible U.S. dollar. I also like to hear both of you pronounce my name. Okay. I got Jonas Ensby. What do you have? I got Jonas Ensby. Or uh. Jonas Ensby. It's probably Jonas Onsby or something yeah, like that. J- Jonas. Yeah, he's a new, Jonas. New, new donor. And yeah. also the last new donor for the day uh, is, uh, I'm sorry, there's two more, but one's the la- is new. Robert Vitale in Staten Island. He says we're a riot. Thinks we're funny. And Robert uh, Darden, uh, brother of Tyler, uh, Hoboken, New Jersey. And that's our group of uh, fine uh, investors and producers and helpers and uh contributors to today's show is thank a, you very much everybody since uh shill light uh did the spreadsheet today uh he put in a new category which is kind of interesting new donors over ten dollars uh emmanuel lozier uh so these are all people who are new to the show this is this is this warms my heart and we have new uh non-boners but new donors daniel collins lawrence dring misty tallman Vincent Farrell, Interstate Deals, uh, Jonas Ensby, as we just had there, uh, Robert uh, Vitali, and Kevin Payne, all uh, new donors over $10, and we uh, highly appreciate that. I did want to mention one thing about the reason why we run the show this way, as became extremely apparent with an announcement from PBS uh, earlier this week, of course, covered up by uh, uh, the news media, who were too obsessed with looking at a penis. Um, PBS officials... Uh, at their annual meeting in Orlando, said that starting this fall, they are going to break every 15 minutes for corporate and foundation sponsor spots, promotional messages, and branding. Yeah, I saw this article. I was just, I mean, it's not as though it's something we didn't see coming. Right, but our national treasure, NPR, has been doing this for, well, certainly the last year that I've been listening regularly, they interrupt the programming for a, a commercial A commercial. Message. A commercial. It's just a so commercial. people giving them money? I hear the Car Talk guys, and there's like, Car Talk is proudly underwritten by Valvoline. Well, hello. I mean, Valvoline, it makes sense. It's an oil product for your car. It's, it's targeted towards Car Talk. It's commercial. It's completely commercial. And now PBS is going to break. So that's only uh, five minutes longer than... Then and by the way, they don't mention how long the pods will be. I mean, will it be one spot, two spots, five spots? I saw one break recently where they had ten 
spots. Oh. It was after the news hour, one of these shows, and it just went on and on. And these are long spots where the people go on and on about their product. I mean, the Chevron commercial that they run is the same one they run on network TV. Exactly. Of course it is. So now, P- so PBS is now basically a commercial station. Uh, I don't. Do they have to? Uh, what kind of taxes do they pay? Because they're, uh, I guess, ah. they're a nonprofit. I mean, if if I were running a, a real network, I'd be angry. You know, these guys got coverage everywhere. That probably don't have to pay for cable space the way uh, the way a commercial network has ah, to. That's a good question. Do they pay for carriage? I probably don't. It's, uh, I don't know the rules, but it may even be that uh, cable companies are forced to carry it, like they're forced to carry C-SPAN. We need to f- talk to a cable guy. I'm sure some cable guy out there in the audience can help us with this. Uh, so it's now a commercial entity. Commercial entity. They have so, an unfair advantage. Well, b- well, besides that, they're now... And then they're begging for money. Give me a break. They're corrupted, or at least at the very best corruptible, because you cannot bite the hand that feeds you. So if General Electric is uh, puts on a couple million dollars in an ad buy, you're not going to do a negative story. You're just not going to do it. It will be circumvented through management one way or the other. John and I both have worked at media companies long enough. I certainly have worked at media companies most of my adult life. That It's just how it works. So you can't trust it anymore. You can't. Now, we, of course, don't have a staff uh, other than the most important staff we can get, our producers, who we call our listeners. And you know that when you're getting something for free, you are the product. Now, you are getting this program for free, but you are supporting it. You're sponsoring and supporting the show. So you know there's a value for value in there. You know that there's no one going to come knocking on our door that's going to have to tell us what we have to say about a certain topic. Right? Right. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Right? Right. Uh, So where's the reporting on this PBS story, I tell you. So please. Dvorak.org. Slash also, also go to noagendanation.com and uh, you can click on a big donation button there. And also the noagendashow.com has a donation uh, button you can click on, which will take you to Dvorak.org slash NA. And uh, we'll be adding some new stuff this week, uh, uh, specifically to help Adam and his uh, national, national tour. Get more Nation Hot Pockets 2008 tour. The 2008 tour, <laughs> and they'll, be, they'll probably, you know what, it would, it would be probably good, and Eric can organize this. Mm-hmm. Uh, in between feedings, in between breastfeeding. Yeah, and his <laughs> wife's going to do some of that, too. Uh, I think if you're going to be on the road, and this is, a, I, I think... I don't think we, you know, we're taking donations as usual, and you know, some of the obviously has to go to gas money. But I think that if with a big box of T-shirts that say "No Agenda Hot Pockets Tour 2008" <laughs> with the cities listed, <laughs> you could be selling them out of the back of the uh, van for the twenty bucks a the pop. Van. Yeah, the van. Bag of the van, twenty bucks. <laughs> you open the trunk, <laughs> and you got. <laughs> and you got them in there, and they're twenty bucks a pop, and they pays for gas. You could you go as long as you want. What a great idea, John! Uh, it sounds fantastic. <laughs> albums, oh, yeah. albums, That's another <laughs> albums. thing you can sell. Yeah, we can sell, sell albums, some, get stickers, some CDs, trinkets, made of you and Mickey singing, and uh, <laughs> trinkets. Sell them out of the back of the truck, and, the van, uh, <laughs> the van. And just just go as long as you can. I mean, stay on the road. Don't come back. Just stay out there. <laughs> Don't come back. What's a, we need a name for said van. She she has to have a name. 
Cause we, we get, yeah. So it's the Gitmo Nation Hot Pockets Tour 2008 Tour. We've got that. Can you just imagine we're rolling up with this big sticker on the side that says Gitmo Nation Hot Pockets 2008, and these guys be, hey, man, you've been on the road a long time, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> Birthday to the following people who are on our list here: Jordi Ramirez, turned 75 uh, today, I guess. Uh, Mind Over Media says happy birthday to Bealisa, and Christopher Gray uh, turns uh, 40 on the today, June 2nd, 2011. Happy birthday from all everybody's here at the No Agenda Show. And here it comes, John. Very, uh, very uh, special moment right now is uh, we're going to give her the state of Virginia. So uh, you need the big, uh, the big blade. Ooh. You got it? Right. Yeah, you got it. Okay. Maggie Vincent, please step forward. Maggie, you have uh, completely uh, given us some value for value here, which goes uh, above and beyond the call of duty, as you have gracefully allowed us to borrow your van for the No Agenda <laughs> Hot Pockets 2008 tour. And we're going to give you the state of Virginia, Maggie Vincent. We hereby pronounce the Baroness Maggie Vincent. Dame and Baroness of the Noah Gender Roundtable and ruler of Virginia. So she's got Virginia covered, which is good. Uh, you know, probably West Virginia would be included. No, I so, don't want to uh, West Virginia. Just before you, uh, just uh, we had one note that you sent me, so I, I didn't know if you wanted me to, to Yeah, read that I was thinking not. that you might want to look at that. That's uh, from Catherine Hug. It, it's one. It's a story that I think is worth uh, relating. Yeah. So, uh, and when you send me stuff, you know, uh, I actually open your email, read it. You know. You know, I there's one time ever that I didn't open your email, and I <laughs> nigga, please. This happens all the time. One time ever. <laughs> okay, one time. From Katharina Hug. Hello, John. I just wanted to pop an email to let you know I signed up for the $11, $11 month subscription. I was at the airport today after having downloaded a couple of shows on my iPod to listen to the uh, on the plane. I then wandered into the airport bookstore trying to decide what magazines I should buy to uh, alternate my methods of entertainment. Uh, you could always self-radicalize. I said to myself, self, why buy two or three magazines at $4.99 each when I have this great podcast to listen to instead? I realized then, if I was ready to spend $15 for crappy magazines, three quarters of which are just ads to lure me into buying something I really don't need, then I should really be able to pay a nominal monthly fee to help support my favorite show, the show I spend more time listening to than I do talking to my boyfriend, oops, almost, I honestly don't know what I would listen to cooking, biking, working out, and just all around living if you guys stop doing the show. So please take my donation, buy yourself some food and batteries for the potential future, and keep hitting friends in the mouth. It's a beautiful email, and we appreciate not just Katerina, who signed up for the $11.11 a month plan, but everybody else, people also on the $5 a month plan. Um, that's really long-term the stuff that should sustain us were it not that PayPal keeps deleting people's subscriptions. Yeah. It's, it's really, yeah, it's, like, it's messed up. Gotcha. It's messed up. I mean, yeah, it really and I get is. that, but what, what bugs me about that is I get like real mean-spirited emails. A guy says, I supported you guys and then you dropped me. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah we get blamed for it. I know. Yeah, I said, and I said, I didn't drop any, we don't drop anybody. 
So um, anyway, so that so people should check on that. But the eleven eleven thing is, I think, well worth it. It's a it's a good number, and I think she's right. And I like that pitch. I think it's like how much you know you're spending money on all kinds of things. We're here doing this thing in a new model, which is that you know you have to. It's like buying a magazine or a newspaper or 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 going to a lousy movie. Uh, well, a lousy a movie is a lot more than fifteen bucks. That's just the ticket. Yeah, yeah, I know. You go go broke one of those things. But uh, anyway, so I want to thank everybody who's, uh, who comes up. We need more of these stories. Yeah, we do. But- Let me just implant the jingle in your mind one more time. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Can I just go back to a story from a couple weeks ago that's been bothering me, and finally I kind of discovered what was bothering me about it? This uh, Air France uh, flight uh, 447. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised you haven't. Yeah. Well, there's very- I was actually going to ask you. About the, I was going to do an ask Adam about this because this is getting pretty weird. Well, in case you didn't, in case you might have might have slipped your mind, you asked me about it on uh, on Sunday. Oh, I I don't remember for yeah. one minute to the next. No, I know, I know. That's okay. Um, so here's the official. Of course, the reason why it's a problem is because there's there's no data known. I mean, with with air incidents, there's data known about the location. We really don't know much about it because not like there's not a lot of weather sensors in the middle of the Atlantic. You know, we knew there was some turbulence coming up. But here's I'm, as I'm reading through, like something was bugging me about this. Uh, so what they're saying is that uh, according to the flight data recorder, uh, the aircraft. Um, Sensors, these uh, known as the pitot tubes, the which me- measures airspeed, uh, which are heated continuously in flight to uh, uh, to make sure no ice accumulates on them, malfunction. So they didn't know uh, what their airspeed was, and and if you really look at the pure facts of the matter, this aircraft stalled, and it's not a, it doesn't mean the engine stalled, but if you uh, don't have enough uh, forward airspeed. Then there's not enough airflow under the wings, and then it's called a, a wing stall, and you fall down to the ground. So the thing that bothers me is that they, the sensors, uh, they only said that the sensors for airspeed malfunction, and they actually, and the, the in the report it says that you know all other systems were functioning properly. Now there's when you're training to fly an aircraft, attitude of your aircraft is. You have speed and attitude are the most important things. Without speed, you know you got a problem. But attitude is right up there on the list, and the attitude is is the pitch of the airplane. So what they're saying in the report is that the co-pilot apparently was flying at the time, uh, noticed something was wrong, and started pulling back on the stick. Uh, in other words, setting the airplane into a nose-up attitude. This is contrary to every piece of training you receive, particularly. If there's an airspeed issue, you will always you're trained to do this. This is it's like you you know it's like when you when you take the test. This is what the uh, you you go through a stall test, and it's the simplest thing in the world. You, the, the the airplane starts to buffet. First thing you do immediately push the nose forward. Push the nose forward. It's a part of the test. This co-pilot apparently pulled back. It makes no sense, if, particularly if his attitude indicator, his um, artificial horizon, was functioning, which according to the report, the official report says it was functioning, that he made this move. So something happened that is either not being reported, uh, but what is being reported is contrary to every single thing uh, an airman would actually know about what happens in any type of situation where you cannot either measure your airspeed or you know there's a degradation of airspeed. 
Um, so I don't have more than that other than... Uh, yeah, this, I mean, it's so obvious to anyone who's followed these Airbuses that, they that suck. it's a soft, he, software issue. Yeah, he probably pulled back, uh, pushed forward and it might have reversed or pulled up or whatever it is. But oh, he might have done any, a bunch of things and it said, no, 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 I know what I'm doing. And the computer took over and lifted the plane and then dropped into the ground. I mean, this is what happened at the air show, which the poor pilot was blamed for. We remember this, one of the early Airbuses that was showing off at the Paris Air Show and the guy came in to do some low flying, you know, uh, uh, not a touchdown, but uh, apparently just do a kind of a mock land. You know the story I'm talking about. He tr- he came down, but not to land. And then he tried to pull back up and the plane said, wait a minute, you're, you're supposed to be landing. And it drove him right into a bunch of trees. <laughs> he drove, no less. He was driving. And it's like, it's like, and then they blamed the guy. He was driving. It was soft. I'm driving around here in my plane. So, yeah. uh, and, you know, now we've got the 380, which is a monster. I would love to take a ride in it. And they're going to be bringing him into SFO. And apparently, uh, Dubai just bought 90 of these things. They didn't buy a one or two. Yeah, and, they and, and, not- and notice they didn't buy uh, Airbus because uh, they crashed. Oh, this is the Airbus. What? That they bought. I thought they, they bought, bought the 93 80s, the big giant. They bought the Airbus. What, well, idiots. The big one. The idiots. Well, they got 90 of them. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, just a double decker, you know. You're, yeah, I mean, yeah, we have, right. That one, yeah. Right. I wouldn't it's fly a, that. It's a huge double decker. And of course, like all the new, when they bring out a plane this big, you know, you know, it can, you know they, they put a, a disco and a bowling alley in it <laughs> and a bunch of things that, you know, kind of cool. Stripper uh, pole. A stripper pole and a little nightclub, and they have like, you know, a soda fountain, hamburger places all in there. <laughs> Drive through. Uh, and they leave it like that for a while, and then next thing you know, it's 900 people instead all crammed. Yeah. But uh, they, you know, they make it kind of attractive at first. But the, the, but yeah, no, Emirates, Emirates, I believe, uh, bought 90 of these suckers. So they're trying to fly everybody into the Middle East, you know, into Dubai for shopping. And uh, I think it's just, I don't know. Well, one, one, one of these things crashes is a lot of people that are going to, it's going to be a mess. You know, I've flown, uh, I've flown a French aircraft, uh, but a helicopter, uh, which has, very, you know, is, is, it's French. It's the uh, Eurocopter. And, uh, and uh, the Airbus is arguably French, you know, portions of it. And uh, I and I have this Eurocopter is it's kind of it's the one that has the enclosed fan uh, on the back doesn't really have a, a tail rotor. Yeah, they're they're kind of cool looking. Yeah, and they're quiet. I have to say because they they don't have a tail rotor exposed. Uh, but you had to wait when you start it up. You have to wait because it has a um, a management system. And I all it always bothered me to sit down on the ground with the engine running, waiting for the system to boot up, and see the Microsoft NT startup screen. It's always <laughs> really bothered me. I never really liked uh, the Eurocopter for that only reason. You know, like this thing is managing my engine, really. Microsoft NT, no, I'm not feeling too good. Yeah, it's a that, yeah. I would be a concern. <laughs> so well, I mean, that's where we're going to end up with cars eventually. I mean, we haven't gotten there yet. But, I mean, they have some fly-by-wire stuff in a car, but eventually... Oh, yeah, just be, you're too stupid, just shut up, and we'll I mean, we'll, the we'll effect of weather was just an event yesterday, as a matter of fact, that Ford put on. I went to part of it. Oh, they invited and, you back? Yeah, oh, unbelievable. Amazing. So, uh, I went to, and it's, it's, for, it's the, you know, my wife asked me, what's about it? It's a talking car, but it's not a car that talks to you. It's a car that talks to the other home, cars, home it talks to the road, and it talks to the police. Yeah. 
and it talks to all these things. And we're seeing these car. This is like the smart car, and yeah. we're starting to see. There's a big a bunch of good panelists talking about the new car. Which, you know, you're not going. They, they, Ford doesn't believe that Google's approach, which is to have a car that drives itself and you just sit there and enjoy the view. They think it's going to be just a uh, enhanced car. Mm-hmm. That doesn't drive itself. You still get the fantastic experience of driving. But if you're going to ram into somebody, it'll stop and stay, you know, whether you want right. to or not. And it'll let you know that there's a <laughs> you can make it. Would you like to ram into car press? Yeah. Uh, uh, what would it be? OK. Cancel or retry. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get one of those and dialogues. S- Exactly. So they have these new, they're, they're trying to push this in it, but it's all so far in the future. It's that, you know, people still buy, I mean, it's, it's just bogus because well, there's no way you're going to get enough of these cars on the road to make a difference, except when you buy a new car. In fact, some people believe since 2006, most of the new American cars you buy have a black box in them. Yeah. So the black box is something that uh, uh, Ray uh, Gangsta La Hood would of course like to become a law where everybody has to have one of these black boxes and but there's two two forms one is the black box which is very similar to an aircraft black black box where it's recording stuff that happens so that in the event of an incident we can go back and then blame it on uh, pilot error of course it'll be all your fault the secondary one that they're talking about is for taxation issues to uh, tax um, your road usage, and of course, track where you go. I heard a commercial, actually saw a commercial yesterday from Progressive, and this is the reason why I guarantee you, I guarantee you 100%, put it in the book, you will have a black box in your car because you will not be able to afford insurance without it. And here's Progressive, one of the largest uh, car insurers in the United States, uh, with uh, their latest promotion. So what's the snapshot discount? It's pretty revolutionary. Patented, actually. It takes a snapshot of your good driving habits so you can save money. This, like a snapshot. That's what I'm talking about. In a sports car. Show it to me. Yes. I want to believe it. Fierce. Love it. Well, that's... I think we have it. The Snapshot Discount. New, huge, and only from Progressive. So it's kind of a cutesy commercial where she's taking pictures, you know. It's like, oh, I'm taking pictures. But the Snapshot, literally, now it's for a discount, but soon it will be if you don't have the... And it's a little device. You have it in your car. You have to uh, manually, at this point... Press a button so it takes a snapshot. It has to happen. And I have the article here somewhere. Yeah, it'll, you're right. It's going to just morph into a black box, and it's, you're going to get a better deal if you have one. You're going to save you know hundreds of dollars a year if you have one, and it's what and it's going to be for your benefit because if you get into a wreck, you're right. You can reverse engineer. But what it's also going to be used for, and then no one wants to even think of talking about this, is that the local police department will find some way <coughs> of downloading this when you go in to get your smog check in California. California, which oh, you have yeah. to do every yeah. year. Yeah. They're going to download the data from the black box and then give you retroactive tickets because they're going to know where you were and what speed you were doing. And you're going to say, well, look, you're in a school zone. It was three o'clock in the afternoon. There were children in the area. That means 15 miles an hour. You were doing 18 miles an hour. Well, you owe you know, us money. You know, you were on the freeway and it was at midnight. And yeah, there was nobody else on the freeway. But it was like the freeway had a posted speed limit of 65 right here. And you were doing 80. You owe us money. And yep. that's exactly where this is going. And then, of course, it will 
keep people from speeding a lot because you can't you won't speed with the damn black box in your car but you know it's a little onerous and they're also going to be able to tell where you were well let's see oh what were you doing over here what were you doing over there you oh, wouldn't just- excuse me uh, mr curry you wouldn't want us to uh, call your family and let them know that you were over here on this day now would you I think we can use a donation to the police retirement <laughs> the police fund. Benevolent fund. So I'm, I was incorrect. I'm looking at the webpage on progressive.com. Uh, here's how it works. Here's how our usage based in, they're calling it a usage based insurance program works. Hello, Gitmo Nation. Uh, one enroll online. We'll send you the device. We'll tell you where to plug it into your car. Drive as you normally do. For the next 30 days, you'll keep track of your good driving habits with the snapshot device. You can log into your progressive policy anytime to see your projected snapshot discount. On day 31, your initial snapshot savings, which can be anywhere from 0 to 30%, kicks in. After six months, you'll send back the device. We'll finalize your driving snapshot. Notice how they, how they use those words. And you can keep saving for as long as you're insured by progressive. Well, guaranteed... That this and this is how you get screwed on both ends. Like you won't be able to get insurance without your snapshot, and then when you have your snapshot, you're gonna get tickets and all kinds of. You know, Mickey took a right hand turn here in in Los Angeles off of Sunset, and one and and I think she knew she was doing she doing something that shouldn't be done because it was like not between three and seven or whatever. You know, you get these intersections in Los Angeles. There's twenty signs. You know, like and you know, it's like okay, she turns right. The cops are waiting there. How much? How much would the, should that fine be? Well, it should be like uh, twenty dollars or fifty dollars max, but I'm sure it wasn't. Two hundred and forty-three dollars. Jeez. Yeah, Mickey f- had a heart attack. She's been saying sorry for like the past week. <laughs> She's like, I'm really sorry. It's like, yeah, well, I, you know, it was a trap. Of course, it was a trap because they were waiting right there. Yeah, and it was you know that it was all yeah. But anyway, that's that's pretty outlandish. Two hundred and forty three dollars. Well, one thing, slave, you won't do it again, slave. That's for sure. And it helps feed the coffers because we have overpaid public officials. Yeah, and you know we had this situation that just took place in Oakland with overpaid public officials where they they wouldn't you know this which I think is part of a some other meme. But dude, where's my stolen MacBook? Yeah. Uh, that took place uh, recently, and um, some guy lost his MacBook but has some snooper software on the thing, so he kept taking pictures of the guy who stole it, and, which I think is funny, but it's still, you know, the, the police said they didn't care until they got all this publicity, and they had to go out and finally go arrest the guy, even though it's like $1,100 product. I mean, this is grand. What is it? It's, it's theft. Yeah. They don't care about theft anymore. And and my comment to that was every time someone brought, well, you know, the police are busy. Yeah, the, the police in Oakland, one of the things they do, and I think around the country this is going to another don't, don't, money don't, maker. Don't they go around shooting black people? Isn't that kind of what they're supposed to do there? Oh, they do that. Yeah, but that's been going on forever. <laughs> this, the latest scam that they've got going, instead of helping people find their stolen property, because stolen property is no big deal apparently, is that uh, in in red bus stops, bus stops that, you know, say you're at the BART station mm-hmm. and there's a, there's a bu- parking lot and then there's a bus area and there's no buses there but there's like room for three buses and uh, and you your friend just got off the BART you're coming to pick him up so you s- slow down and you stop real quick into the bus section and throw them in the car and take off you will get a $250 fine Ugh. 
because it's illegal for anyone to use those yeah. bus li- yeah. lanes. And there's a cop waiting, to sitting there waiting. It's like a speed trap. Yeah. You know, we don't use speed traps. We use parking traps. And they, they have time to do that and just nick people because that's a profit center. There's no profit in helping people find their lost property. No. This is ridiculous. These are public servants. They're not supposed to be making money. On the deal, the taxes are supposed to be paying for what they do. But no, no, they got to pay themselves more money. They they have to get more money. So they're going to get more money by creating profit centers, uh, overpriced public parking on the streets, these phony baloney tickets and all this rest of Meanwhile, they can't do anything about helping the public find, get their stolen property back. This is ridiculous and it's just getting worse. So the TSA um, has come under uh, some investigation of late, but it's very quiet um, you know, there is uh, there are 43 reports per day of people's possessions being stolen by the TSA when they're uh, at the checkpoint. Yeah, and, they're stealing laptops left and right. But guess, guess what? There's a secret reimbursement program. Listen to this. His vacation went great. It's the trip home that soured it all for Jason Lowe. Yeah. Plain and simple. Flying back from Disneyland, TSA randomly selected him for extra screening. Lowe says that's when someone must have snatched his wallet from the bin by the X-ray. At this moment, the only people I can hold responsible is the TSA. He lost his ID, credit cards, and $500 cash. The TSA, though, has quietly reimbursed tens of thousands of travelers who have experienced similar thefts. Paid out more than a half million dollars last year alone. Lowe learned about it the hard way. I hope that it was just a passenger that grabbed it and and walked off with it. I would much rather think that than to think that, that, a, that an employee or an agent of TSA could have done it. So far, no one has been caught in his case. More than a half billion bags go through TSA security checkpoints every year. Gradually, though, fewer claims are being filed. Of those, we have learned the TSA is rejecting more of them. The TSA points out it only gets about 45 claims a day, despite screening two and a half million bags. Yeah. So uh, so here's the way I read that, is the TSA, uh, in some regards, is an organized crime unit. They're stealing your stuff, and when they get found out, instead of having a blemish on their uh, tainted record as is, they pay people off. You shut up. Just take the money. And, of course, people take the money. And that's pretty outrageous. We should have some congressional hearings about 45 a day. Really? That's a that's a pretty bad record. And they got cameras all over the thing. And this is an area where security this is a security area where you're you're checking people and you're you're making observations and you're carefully monitoring what's going on. And you're worried sick. Some terrorist is going to get on the plane. So Uh, it's a high security area. And. Sorry, terror. It doesn't make any sense that there anything's being stolen in that area. So there's a new book out, Attention uh, No Agenda Book Club uh, maintainers, uh, that talks about, uh, in in a way, about some of these issues. It is about the uh, security industry, the uh, prison industry in these United States, with some very interesting data. The name of this book is called The New Jim Crow. Uh, you want to explain Jim Crow laws briefly, just so, or Jim Crow, so we understand what that is for our non-Gitmo Nation West people? These are laws that were designed to uh, essentially uh, put the blacks in their place. <laughs> you could put your hood back on now. <laughs> Very nice. Well, we should absolutely be releasing people from prison rather than trying to warehouse them more cheaply. Over the last... 
30 years, our prison population has exploded, has quintupled, gone from around 300,000, 350,000 to well over 2 million for reasons that have stunningly little to do with crime or crime rates. Crime rates have fluctuated during this period, gone up, gone down, and today, as bad as crime is in many parts of the country, crime rates are at historical lows. But incarceration rates, especially black incarceration rates, have consistently soared. Uh, most criminologists and sociologists today will acknowledge that crime rates and incarceration rates have moved independently of one another. Incarceration rates have soared regardless of whether crime was going up or down in any given community or the nation as a whole. So what does explain this prison boom? Well, the answer is the war on drugs and the get tough movement, the wave of punitiveness that washed over the United States. In fact, today, there are more people in prisons and jails just for drug offenses than were incarcerated for all reasons in 1980. And the overwhelming majority of those swept up in this drug war have been poor folks of color, arrested and convicted of primarily nonviolent, relatively minor drug offenses. And one thing I want... So there you go. There's your prison industrial complex at work. As uh, yeah, well, we've talked about this on and off a lot. And Jim Crow laws were, uh, uh, you know, this is, I guess, the modern version. But the fact is, is that blacks in particular, in fact, there was a a black prosecutor that I had clips from. I don't know if we ever use those clips up to dig them up again, who was moaning and groaning about this, saying, you know, no matter what we do, the crime goes down, the prison population goes up. The crime goes up, the prison population, no matter what you do. And it's mostly blacks. And much of these are people arrested for minor crimes, minor crimes are smoking dope. You know, they're in a nightclub yep. smoking dope or, you know, smoking a, hash, a crack pipe, maybe. And they get thrown in jail because the, the reason for that is because the now they're literally blacks being, you know, epitomizing slave labor. Yeah, because well, they're, they're, you're in there and you got to work. You got to work for money. You start looking at the at the websites and we should probably find a bunch of them because they're quite interesting that document. In fact, there's websites that not only document that, the, but the, offer the, services. Yeah, they're, they're they're like the meta companies that say, well, you know, when you're when you're not getting enough money out of your prisoners, you can also do this <laughs> and that and the other thing. And meanwhile, of course, we always point the finger at China and say, oh, they're using slave labor. We use more slave labor in this country through the prisoners than any other nation. That's right. And it's not just license plates anymore, ladies and gentlemen. Oh no, it's never. It has, the license plate thing is a is a is an it's, absolute. It, it's a meme to meant to be it's kept a meme, alive. Yeah, meant to be plates. kept alive, so you just feel oh, they make license plates. No, they do lots of work. No, it's yeah. that. That's actually a good way to, to 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 position it. It's just slave labor, cheap slave labor, which the state and the country actually subsidizes. Yeah, and it's a big money maker. Yeah, well, great. No, I I am stunned. And then what is Obama, by the way, Obama, I believe, is a black president. What has he done for the black community regarding this scandal? Oh, well, you know, the whole idea is he's got to throw all the blacks in jail before the next election because they're not going to vote for him. There's a huge. <laughs> I got to. That's g- another thing. You throw one of these guys in jail and now they can never vote again in their lifetime. Hello, everybody. I'm going to throw you in jail so you can't vote for me. Uh, yeah, no, it's a, there's there's a huge, huge uprising coming against him from the black community. 
And the, the, the black business community is really, I mean, livid, livid with him. Um, every, everyone's angry. I think, uh, I, I think it's, uh, the beauty, you know, the rock star Barack we see on television in Ireland and, uh, 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 you know, the guy from 2008 at the Westminster Abbey. Uh, this is, you know, it's trying to program people. It's trying to program dumb white people who are not even dumb, just white people who aren't getting thrown in jail into thinking, oh, this is the right guy. Yeah, that's a good, it's good. In July, we're yeah. supposed to start withdrawing troops. I, let me, let me, let me uh, make a predi- <laughs> let me make a prediction. Let me make a prediction. Uh, you know, what is this Adam's prediction day? You're yeah. filling up the book. Yeah, I'll say uh, five thousand troops we withdraw. Oh 5, no, that, I'm not giving you that one. I'm not even going to put it in the book because that number has come up <laughs> oh, over and, and we've brought it up. Did we? Did we? Oh, I don't remember. Okay, so I don't. Five thousand is the number. That's, that's the been, number. It, it, it's been memed by everybody. Wouldn't it be cool if you did like thirty-three hundred? Wouldn't that be like awesome? Yeah, it would be, but it's going to be five thousand. <laughs> it it's going to be claimed as a great victory. Yes, yes, because he's fulfilling his promises, uh, very much like this one. It is U.S. policy that Gaddafi needs to go, but let me emphasize that we. Anticipate uh, this transition to take place in a matter of days and not a matter of weeks. Okay, that so was he said, Ma- wait, he said that a couple of days ago. What's the deal? Yeah, that was a couple of days ago on March twenty first, two thousand eleven. I think we're the only show doing that tracks uh, it. That, that, yeah. that has tracked this to the end. I mean, we we keep. I personally don't think we should be harping on the president's lies, but you know, <laughs> no? might not be a bad idea. No. Well, there was a congressional hearing about this, about the uh, the War Powers Resolution as tied to the of 1973 as tied to the War Powers Act, and um, so there's a bill now floating in uh, in Congress, and this bill it's a Republican bill uh, would uh, reinforce the whole idea of hey you know you got 60 days after 48 hours you got to notify Congress then you have 60 days. Uh, and then you got 30 days to clean it all up or get uh, congressional approval to go kill people. Uh, so Dr. Ron Paul is on. This is, I watched this for, oh, I think it was two, not two hours. The following program is about two hours and 20 minutes. That's what C-SPAN always does. And uh, Congressman Ron Paul um, asked, talks to uh, Rooney, who's a Republican representative from Florida, and so what they want to do is they want to slip in some language into this bill that says, essentially, well, you know, the War, the war Powers Resolution of 1973 tied to the War Powers Act, uh, it can be enacted, you know, if there's an imminent threat, uh, you know, if the security of the United States is, uh, if, if we're being threatened, or if we have some kind of agreement, like the NATO agreement, so that we don't look like uh, douchebags and Indian givers. And so this is how uh, our slowly our Constitution will be, well, slowly, radically is being eroded so that we basically do whatever the United Nations and NATO says. Just a little clip uh, as Ron Paul asks constitutional expert 
Congressman Rooney of Florida about this uh, about this bill. Thank you. I would I would like like to ask uh, Mr. Rooney this question. I know you deferred and didn't want to particularly discuss uh, Mr. Gibson's bill, but since you've been a professor of constitutional law, I think it'd be nice to have your opinion. Uh, that phrase that he wants to add into about uh, obligations under treaties. Uh, would you care to make any comment about that? Yes, yeah, certainly. I think that you know that there obviously is mention of that in the Constitution, and uh, you know, with regard to what you were asking before, one of the concerns that I have certainly with the the way that the president, this president, has moved forward, and some of the comments that have come out of the administration that deal with kind of like the new way that we're going to go to war in the future under the Obama doctrine is if it's small, humanitarian, we have NATO. There's no need for Congress to get involved, uh, you know that, 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 and somehow that, to go to your question, that trumps what our role is. Uh, that concerns me greatly. But, but again, as I said before, those words have been used in, by prior administrations. This humanitarian idea was used by Clinton, um, you know. So we're, we're not in uncharted territory, and possibly, you know, uh, new legislation that trumps the War Powers Resolution. Uh, might bring clarity, but I think that, you know, what my resolution simply says is just, you know, let's act within accordance of the law. Uh, if the president took the time to follow the law when it came to notifying us within 48 hours, then obviously has some interest, as, as Representative Gibson said, in, in following the law, but it, it's where we go from there that we always sort of have the wheels come off and, uh, and so I, I would just say that, you know, if, if we don't continue to assert ourselves, of course we have the power of the purse in the end, but, um, you know, I think that, I think that you know, we, we shouldn't stop this fight just because we do or don't like the War Powers Resolution and what it says therein. So I, uh, I like what Rooney says there, but of course the whole idea of the War Powers Resolution is kind of ridiculous. Um, well, the thing that gets me about this and I've said it on the show, I think, a couple of times. I'll say it again. Why does Congress want to give to take some of the powers that they have that are granted them by the Constitution and give them to another to give them to the executive branch? This yeah. is a ridiculous thing to do. You want to get you you know. It seems to me that if you're within any government situation, I mean, this is why agencies get so big. Is you want to grow your power so you're more powerful. I mean, it, I mean that's the kind of – and you have to have people preventing you from doing that. I've never heard of the opposite where you say, ah, we don't really want to do anything. Mm-hmm. It, take the powers from us. Well, of course, what happens is you got a big mouth. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, Congressman Anthony Weiner. He's got a big mouth. He's telling uh, Clarence Thomas, long dong silver uh, pubic hair on the can of Coke guy. Uh, that he has to recuse himself from uh, the uh, from any constitutional issues that are raised about uh, health care because yeah. of his wife's um, uh, work for think tanks and connections. You know, you got a big mouth, and then what happens? Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, stupid slave, shut up! Here's a boner in your boxers picture. You know, <laughs> stuff like you know, and people get worried about stuff like that. Now, I did something as we uh, we agreed I would do on the previous show. And Wait a minute, stop a second. You don't think that within a million, within, within any dimension that, that Clarence Thomas has any connection whatsoever with the boner and the boxers? 
I'm thinking Long Dong Silver. I'm thinking Boner in the Boxers. Okay. That's my connection. That's okay. It's fine. You can go off in that direction. News reports. uh, Toll of Syrian crackdown, where more than 1,000 people have been killed nationwide, including 25 children, rises to 33 in two towns. So the code has been transmitted. It's time to go into Syria. This is one of our predictions, and I yeah. promised I would bring back Joe. No, it's not. It's not our prediction. We based this whole thing based on that 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 old clip, which I have queued up from General Wesley Clark on and Democracy this clip, Now. I, people that have listened to the show, I, there's a couple things about us replaying clips. By the way, I want to say this now. These clips have to be replayed because we have new listeners, and we need to keep certain things in mind. A and B, they're worth listening to more than once. I enjoy hearing this clip. About 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and, and Deputy Secretary Wolfowitz. I went downstairs just to say hello to some of the people on the joint staff who used, used to work for me. And one of the generals called me and he said, sir, you got to come in. you got to come in and talk to me a second. I said, well, you're too busy. He said, no, no. He says, we've made the decision we're going to war with Iraq. This was on or about the 20th of September. I said, we're going to war with Iraq. Why? He said, I don't know. <laughs> he said, I guess they don't know what else to do. So uh, I said, well, did they find some information collect- connecting Saddam to al-Qaeda? He said, no, no. He says, there's nothing new that way. They just made the decision to go to war with Iraq. He said, I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists, but we've got a good military and we can take down governments and um, he said I guess if if the only tool you have is a hammer every problem has to look like a nail so I came back to see him a few weeks later and by that time we were bombing in Afghanistan I said are we still going to war with Iraq and he said oh it's worse than that he said he reached over on his desk he picked up a piece of paper he said I just he said I just got this down from upstairs meaning the Secretary of Defense office today and he said this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan and finishing off Iran. There you go everybody. That's the path to Persia. Uh, An official plan. Right. So we do have to do something with Syria. Yeah. Well, and and we... Who is a pal of ours until recently of course. Yeah. Uh, I think the Egypt-Tunisia thing just kind of got in the way or triggered, re-triggered the old uh, plan because once the Egypt and Tunisia thing got underway, then we created the Libyan thing, which is, follows that that uh, model that uh, what, that Clark, yeah. the path. The path to Persia. That Clark mentioned. And the next thing on the list would be Syria. And so it, some, so, yeah, so it, we're gonna, particularly yeah. because the Russians have their naval base there. Well, that's your your thinking, yeah. yeah. So they uh, are... Uh, the Russians, you know, see, this is the thing that gets me. This is the variable. Is the Russians, you know, how much of this are they going to put up with? I think, that, you know, I think the Russians are just, they've been through what we're doing right now. They've been through the whole Afghanistan thing. They've been through the bankrupt thing. I think they're just going back and going like, we'll just wait until you're all messed up and then we'll be the true leaders and with our buddies China. I think they're just hanging back. They don't care. I really don't. They either don't care or they're in on it. Possibly. Possibly. I, I think, didn't the, uh, 
didn't the Russians just raise their interest rates like like some amazing like two points or something? Something I don't know. weird. Yeah, something weird with the finance going on there. I got to look into it. The, meanwhile, um, uh, the Canadian news doing a pretty good job. Did you hear what Harper uh, came out and said? What? Presiding over the exit of Canadian troops from combat in Afghanistan, Prime Minister Harper yesterday said this. Afghanistan is no longer a threat to the world. The country may indeed still be a miserable and dangerous place for its citizens, said Harper. But this country does not represent a geostrategic risk to the world. It is no longer a source of global terrorism. Quite a declaration. The question is, might it not be a little too early for such confidence? The Americans are anxious to leave too, but they keep warning there remains much to do. The White House says the goals remain. Disrupt, dismantle, and ultimately defeat Al-Qaeda, and to ensure that Afghanistan would not again become a haven for terrorists. Squirrel! So there you go. Canadian says it's not dangerous over there. No, we're only over there to maintain a uh, watch on Pakistan. I think we've listened to enough C-SPAN to realize that the reason we're in Afghanistan now is to maintain a watch on Pakistan and, of course, um, still protect the poppy fields because it's a huge uh, income. Still a uh, big deal. Still a big deal. A lot of money to be yeah. made there, and we're not going to let that slide. There was something really weird that happened. By the though. way, I just looked up the Russian interest rates and know their historic lows. They went up. They maybe have got. They went up. The seven seventy five was the lowest ever, and it just bounced around. And now it's at eight twenty five. It's not very high. Oh, okay. I thought I'd, I. That's why I said I wasn't sure. I thought I'd seen some kind of uh, uh, some kind of weird message about that. Um, so Dennis Kucinich, the uh, congressman from um, Ohio, uh, who is he, he seems to be a, a light of hope <laughs> in Congress on the Democrat on the side. Democrat he's side. The, he's the, the, the analog of Ron Paul on the Democrat side. I actually have two clips by him. One is uh, he's uh, this is it's pretty short talking about why we're in debt. And this I mean, it, it's like I'm. It's like I'm hearing Ron Paul talk, and then I have a message that C-SPAN broadcasts about him. Why are we in debt? We borrow trillions for wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, trillions for tax cuts for the rich. We borrow billions from China and Japan. We have plenty of money for war, Wall Street, and welfare for the wealthy. But when millions of honest Americans need, jo- need jobs, need wage increases, need health care, need education, need retirement security, they're told, no, we don't have the money. How is it that the Fed can create trillions of dollars to give to the banks, but the U.S. can't meet its needs whenever, uh, without going into debt to banks? The financial system works for a few at the expense of the many. The founders did not intend for America to be run by big banks and Wall Street. The Constitution put the ability to create money in the hands of Congress. The Fed took away that power in 1913. We need to get that power back to invest in our economy, to create jobs, to put America back to work, to rebuild America without going into debt. We must reclaim our destiny by reclaiming control over the money system. The gentleman's time has expired. That's right. Then your life is going to expire if you keep talking like that. Don't be too smart. No, they've already gotten him so much. He's like Ron Paul. He's been marginalized. 
Right. Nobody covers him. You know, yeah. you hear that on C-SPAN. You'd never see that on a network broadcast. Democrat, but, mind you, a Democrat. You never, yeah, no, never, never see that. He's always been kind of, you know, a, a loose cannon, and nobody pays attention well, to these guys. It's, it's all like a big scheme that's, oh, that's it's covered, you know, these opinions that are expressed by him are covered up, and meanwhile, but Anthony Weiner would get, he gets all kinds of uh, kind coverage. of quote-unquote ink yeah. coverage. So so Dennis Kucinich was about, uh, he, he wanted to introduce a bill, a Libya war powers bill, uh, uh, onto the floor. And the, so, of course, while everybody is looking at Anthony Weiner's penis, we're watching C-SPAN. Even C-SPAN can barely cover it. So this is the guy who does the the following will last about an hour and 47 minutes. Uh, one item we've been anticipating in the House was debate over the War Powers Act and a bill crafted by Congressman Kucinich of Ohio to end the war in Libya. Well, we learned today that that resolution, HCON Resolution 51, was pulled from the floor calendar. Congressman <laughs> Kucinich responded with this statement. I'll read a portion. He says, in part, the House leadership has communicated to me via email that the vote on Libya will be postponed in an effort to compel more information and consultation from the administration. I've been asked to provide input for the information which the House will seek from the administration. It's clear that the administration violated Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution, which reserves to Congress the power to declare war. It is clear that the administration is in violation of the War Powers Act, which, within a 60-day period, requires the president to terminate military action or seek authorization from Congress to continue the military action. Congress needs to act to defend the Constitution and the statute. And he concludes, I look forward to the time when we will debate House Concurrent Resolution 51 and the constitutional and statutory issues surrounding the war power. We will keep you posted on whether this bill gets re-added to the House agenda. There's your news, everybody. Yeah. So that's the only place this was reported. <laughs> the, the announcer on C-SPAN. And then now, the announcer yet. <laughs> the announcer. and it The was, one hour. This show will last one hour, guy. <laughs> and the, oh, and, and it's always about an hour. It'll last about, about an hour. No, it's about an hour and 47 minutes and 32 seconds. About. Which will be followed by a really boring program. Yeah, yeah. no, this is a scandal. Of course it's a scandal. And they, didn't, they, they sent him an email. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Here's an email. Why don't they send him a text message on his phone? <laughs> Just tweet it. Hey. Yeah, tweet it. Hey, ears. Hey, Dennis, ears. Forget about it, dude. This is, we're, we're pulling this. We're pulling this from the calendar. Yeah. And, you know, meanwhile, the, all the stupid and human be, resources. You can be sure that was bipartisan. I mean, only Ron Paul would probably be on the side. I mean, the two of them should team up. You know, They should get married. Well, run for great. president, vice president is what they should do, but that's yeah. never going to happen. No, no, they got no money. That? They got no money. You can't do it. You got no they money. They won't get any money because nobody. It's, it's, the whole thing is rigged. Now, uh, as we're drawing to the end of the program here, what is going on down under in Australia? I, this, I mean, you know, I have, I hold Australia and their values very, very highly. I, I I like uh, the Aussies, you know, they they play hard, work hard, fight hard, drink hard. You know, they do all kinds of stuff really hard. And they have their own version of football which is actually quite entertaining. Yeah, where you get beat up and stuff. It's like Yeah, yeah it's, it's I like amazing. These guys. You know, I like them. I like them. I like them. I've only been there once, but I I really fell in love with the country and them. And by the way, it's not easy to uh, I've checked. If you want to if you want to go move to Australia, 
you have to have like um, <laughs> no joke a college degree, uh, and you have to have some special talents and skills, or two million dollars or some crap like that. It's not easy. What just to move there? Yeah, if you want to go live there, yeah. The, the, the immigration laws are very tough. Uh. That may have changed, but uh, what I was reading seems like that's the deal. So in Victoria, the, the the province of Victoria, where the VBs come from, the Victoria Bitters, there is a new law on the books that will be implemented by the police, and the police do not, they can hand out fines immediately. So very much like uh, here in Los Angeles, if you, uh, if you round the corner at the wrong time of day, you get a $243 fine. Uh, here's what is going on in Victoria. The new laws to be introduced to the Victorian Parliament this week. Police will have the power to issue on-the-spot fines to people using indecent language. But even Attorney General Robert Clark admits he's used the odd swear word. Oh, occasionally I mutter things under my breath, as probably every everybody does, but this law is not uh, targeted at that. It's targeted at the sort of uh, obnoxious, uh, offensive behaviour in public that makes uh, life unpleasant for everybody else. The reforms are part of the Bailiw government's broader law and order agenda, which includes minimum jail terms for 16 and 17-year-olds convicted of violent crimes and protective security officers at suburban police stations. Robert Clark says the new swear jar should make make it easier for police to deal with antisocial behaviour. Clearly this sort of uh, loutish, obnoxious uh, behaviour can uh, uh, be very off-putting for many members of the public uh, going about their ordinary business in, in public uh, places. It's contributing to a growing level of antisocial behaviour that Victoria's been experiencing over the last uh, 10 years or so, and this will give the police the, the tools they need to be able to act against this sort of obnoxious behaviour on the spot. Rather, than I, mean, having... I mean, is this Australia? the police the tools they... Hey, buddy, I what was tool. that you said? <laughs> Tools. <laughs> yeah, I said uh, poop. Hey! Can you believe this? I mean, excuse me. I've been to Australia. There's a swear word every five words. And it's how they talk. And it's cool. And it's with that cool accent. It doesn't even sound bad. And, and you know, so what will the word be? What's a swear word? And they call it the swear jar. Well, there may be more to this they might explain. To drag offenders off to court and take up uh, time and uh, money in uh, proceeding in the court. But Tiffany Overall from Youth Law says young people feel they're being targeted. The reality is that you know young people are more commonly using public spaces and sort of... Yeah, yeah, whatever. Of course. Well, that, you know, you, that brings up a point when she said targeted, is that when you have a situation, Russia is known for this, where basically there's so many onerous laws that you're essentially in violation of the law all the time. I mean, that's happen- right. starting to happen in this it's country. It's definitely happening here. Where you're basically, there's something you're doing, whatever it is at any t- given point, you're doing something illegal, and all they have to do is target you yeah, exactly. and say, well, you know, let's go get him. And because you know there's always something. So if, they, if they're just targeting him, if everyone's cussing, then the cops can selectively say, hey, fat boy, and go over there and <laughs> give that guy a ticket. Hey, fat boy, you're too fat. Yeah, but this, but the, the cussing thing is out of control. I mean, that's free speech. It's just words. No, but there are members of the public who uh, are offended by all I this. I am offended by such usage. So, thank you. We'll use that as the opening. Thank you very much. I knew it was. Yeah. Nah, I'm so actually doing those now. Just, <laughs> just to get the opening space. You just want to be there. All right, a quick rundown. Uh, uh, nar- narcolepsy now uh, 
93 people in Sweden, most of them children. Uh, this started in Finland, the first reports, uh, after receiving the GlaxoSmithKline flu shot. Uh, kids have been uh, uh, falling asleep. And uh, this is narcolepsy. It's very serious. Uh, I don't think there's any uh, there's any uh, cure for narcolepsy. Is there, John? There's no cure yeah, for it. They, yeah, narcoleptic people usually get a, a stiff prescription of ProVigil. Oh, good. Does uh, Glaxo make that as well? Mm, I don't know who makes it. You can so look the, it up. So the World Health Organization, finally, how long have we been talking about this? Three, four months? World Health Organization now says, hey, yeah, we're going to look into that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, can I make, can I make a prediction? <laughs> that there will be absolutely no link between the swine flu vaccine and narcolepsy. It'll all be coincidence. Yeah, now you don't don't even put it in. Please. No, I'm going no. to because that no. actually will come up, and I believe it should be in the book. Yeah, and the uh, EU, the United States of Europe, uh, is now going to uh, review the safety of aspartame. Can I make another prediction? Completely uh. safe, not a problem. <laughs> Eat all the aspartame you want; it's good for you. This is uh, now. Now they're just moving into our uh, our territory. Just uh, just lie about it. Ministry safe. of Truth. It's all safe. It's all safe. Have as you much know, the as thing that's want. going on right now that's kind of disconcerting is the new E. coli. Yeah, this thing in Germany. I have a, a report. I have two reports. Um, so the thing that's uh, that's weird about it is that it apparently... So it's killed like 16 people now in Germany. Now, I've gotten notes from people in, the, in Gitmo Nation, Deutschland, and they say, hey, you know, whatever reports you're seeing, we're freaking out over here. Because this is your veggies. You know, this is your cucumbers, your... They don't know, though. That's the joke of it. They don't know, and they screwed Spain by yeah. some false well, report well, listen, saying listen. it's Spanish cucumbers. Well, listen to the report, and then we can discuss. Nobody knows the exact source, so many react with fear. In Spain, cucumbers are being thrown away by the cartload. The country's been accused of being the source of the deadly strain of E. coli. So veg traders destroy produce to try to... Veg traders. How's that one feel for you, John? Veg traders. Preserve their reputation. (laughs) Others assert their food is safe, but demand more information. An alarm like this can't be raised without having reliable information. We don't have it. Neither does Germany, and neither does the European Union. Vegetable markets in Germany have suffered. This market manager says tomatoes and cucumbers all safe here. Scientists are trying to identify the strain of E. coli. One possibility is that it's come from food that health-conscious women eat. Cucumbers because they're low-calorie. So this is what's interesting, is that this is apparently women are dying of this. This doesn't attack everybody, but primarily women, which is kind of... Well, they think they think it's because of the uh, what he explained, which is some more women eat healthy. That's what he's trying to say. Uh, But the problem is there's enough cases of this and epidemiological uh, models should be in play showing where it's centered and where it's coming from. And you should by now you'd think I mean, in the United States, I mean, we're isolating stuff within weeks. Generally speaking, it's always a farm in Salinas, but that's beside the point. <laughs> but Damn those Salinas farms. <laughs> but we tend to find the place pretty quickly, and yeah, they this, seem to yeah, be exactly. completely befuddled by the whole thing. Or perhaps women are just particularly susceptible to this strain of the bug. At present, mostly adult people 
young adults and preferably women are severely affected. I, I like the use of the word preferably women. Hello? Preferably? I, he says preferably. Well, that's probably some arcane usage that we, we're not familiar with. Or maybe he just wants it to be... <laughs> he wants all women to die. <laughs> Listen. Young adults and preferably women. I'm telling you, preferably women. We have preferably women are going to die from this ugly virus. Are severely affected. The reason for this is still unknown. There is some very sophisticated scientific investigation going on to try to identify the... This is great. So they show a guy with a couple of Petri dishes. Very sophisticated investigation. Source. But the real work is old-fashioned detective work asking all the victims what they ate, when they ate it. Is that proper English, et? Et. 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 What they ate, et. when they ate. Isn't it eight? I mean, is well, it in- I would say eight when et. they ate What et. did you eat this morning? Uh, I at uh, a sorte. Where they bought it and trying to find a pattern. In the absence of hard evidence, many sources come under suspicion. Until the source is definitely identified, the best advice remains, use the utmost hygiene when preparing food. Stephen Evans, BBC News, Berlin. So, but E. coli, I mean, can you wash that off? I mean, this is... Uh, it's ca- it's uh, cucumbers, tomatoes, lettuce, and aubergines is what they're warning for. You could theoretically you could unless it's inside the fruit, which is always a possibility because it can get in through different mechanisms. But it, you, you can cook it and once it's cooked, it's okay because yeah, it's not. I, I don't like though, my cucumbers cooked. I like my well, cucumbers. you know. So you we, may have to do that. Uh, there are other uses for cucumbers. Hmm. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> that's how I started the show, in case you didn't notice my opening line. I'm glad we have a throwback at the very end of the show. Beautiful. So uh, you should just kind of coincidental. A friend of mine sent me a link. I just sent it to you, uh, which we'll put in the show notes called traveltrots.co.uk. And it's a interactive map of uh, areas of massive diarrhea. And uh, very interesting, actually. And uh, the funny thing is, is there's country they believe that this E. coli came out of Africa. Really? Uh, Who, who's the, they? Who's they? They, the the, the mysterious they <laughs> this keep is, cropping this is, up. This is a great site. Diarrhea. There's a ticket that pops up on my screen. By uh, it's an airline ticket from Brown Air. <laughs> Did you get this? Did you look at this site? I didn't get the brown air. And it's, I, I mean, I, and it's diarrhea destinations. Yeah. Off on your travels. Don't let the travel trots ruin your trip. Oh, my goodness. Click when on a gives- continent, then country, to see how likely you are to get diarrhea. Let's click on Europe. Okay, click on one of the middle African countries. Now I'm clicking on Europe. Uh, Germany. <laughs> nice sound effects. <laughs> Five percent of respondents have had it. This, this is bogus. Five percent. It's like they're saying it's safe. I mean, it's safe in Germany. <laughs> I like the sound effects of this. This is pretty good. Anyway, it's just, it's just a funny sight, but it's uh, the uh, it's in the news. Let's put it that way. The, the E. coli seems to have been some. I'm sorry, that's your website. <laughs> a new strain of uh, E. coli that's not 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 good. <laughs> 
Well, the World Health Organization has weighed in. I have a quick clip of them. Well, the outbreak doesn't look as though it's increasing rapidly. The, the, the Germans and the Europeans think it, it may well have peaked. Don't worry, everybody. It's all safe. We are from the World Health Organization. Nothing to fear. But, of course, because there's a, an incubation period between being exposed and falling ill, which might be as long as two weeks, um, the outbreak will look as though it's going on, look as though it's increasing in size, when, in fact, perhaps, perhaps, the suspect food... What whatever that is, uh, has been taken off the market. Only time will tell. We know about these kidney complications. It's a new strain. Is it a more vicious strain? Well, so far it looks as though it may well be. I, I think we'll have to wait and see until all the dust has settled before we can be certain of that. But it certainly is as nasty as any of these particular kinds of E. coli that we've seen in the past. The number, the proportion of people getting the hemolytic uremic syndrome, which is the, the kidney complication, affects the blood and goes on sometimes to affect the brain and the heart, seems to be really quite high in, in, this, uh, in, in this outbreak. In fact, very high in this outbreak. And it's affecting people outside the normal uh, uh, risk group. The, the very young and the very old as well. It's as long as we're killing women, it's all groovy. That's preferable. I don't know. I, uh, I, I'm not alarmist in this, but I think it's weird uh, how, the, how we're not seeing immediate huge response, you know, big news stories. I mean, maybe it's still forthcoming. Maybe the, the penis thing with the, the boner and the boxers was, you know, just too much for Wolf Blitzer to handle anything else. Um, but I do know that in, in Gitmo Nation Deutschland and now uh, Gitmo Nation East, people are starting to freak out. They're very worried. And we have to track down the source, right? The, kind of like the, the ground zero of this E. coli. Yeah, you have to track down the source. Now, it could have been some one tainted supply of one type of food that could be, you know, gotten parsley for all you know, that got into the food supply and then got eaten up. And that's the end of it. And, you know, and then it'll disappear and we'll never know what happened, which is a possibility the way this, at least the way that guy describes it. Mm. But generally speaking, uh, you should be able to figure, you know, there's got to be somebody that can figure this out. I mean, it's, it didn't just mysteriously appear out of the blue all over the place. Well, maybe we just want to kill off the women and reduce the population. Seems preferable. Pref preferably. Yeah. Preferably, it seems exactly what we want to do. So. <laughs> And uh, I got to hurry up because I got to get the show up and then we're off to go uh, get the rental uh, van. <laughs> and Sunday, uh, well, hopefully there will be a show. And, we're and gonna... say hi to the listeners in Palm Springs, California. And Death Valley. Hey, by the way, just outside of Palm Springs, as you're heading there on that road, mm. uh, there is a shopping, there's a mall outlet mall on the left side of the freeway just before you get to Palm Springs. That is one of the best in California. You should go there and buy something. And what should I buy? I don't know. Whatever you think, whatever you buy at an outlet mall. <laughs> okay, fine. So uh, be careful what you do with that cucumber, everybody. And we will be back with you coming from the Gitmo Nation Hot Pockets Across America 2008 Tour Van, the test van on Sunday, uh, currently here at the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where I did have something clever to say, uh, but I lost it in the shuffle somewhere. I, maybe next week I'll have it. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Sunday, right here on No Agenda. Mr. Oil is next on the stream. Dvorak.org.
slash N-A.